All right, and we are back again on a WrestleMania 2019 preview podcast here with Kelly Harris. Kelly, what's going on? Uh, not much. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Getting through these uh, these previews here. Joe Lanza also joining us on this uh, this edition as well. Joe, hello. I only uh, make my appearances for these previews for the big shows, such as uh, <laughs> yep. Owner Jam 4. And, uh, uh, but what, what was it? What was the name of the show? I believe it's called uh, Boner Jam 4 balls out there you go okay, there, yeah, okay. get the balls out because i don't know which boner jam four you're talking about unless this is the special edition the balls out yeah again. so yeah you, you really the big guns here uh for this one for boner jam four but uh <laughs> kelly before we get to uh boner jam four and i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to talk I, i'm i think we should try to set a uh, a record to, to say boner jam four as many times as humanly possible so oh, kelly, before we get to boner jam four and all these other shows uh you want to let people know where they can follow your work and uh follow some other stuff that you do as much as I want to talk about Boner Jam 4 Balls Out, I will tell everyone where they can find me. Uh, find me on Twitter at Comic Geek Kelly. Uh, I review the WWE pay-per-views here on Voices of Wrestling. Thank you, by the way, for doing that. Oh, no problem. I, I had, I had to so miss sorry. that one when I was in New York in February, and it, it felt wrong. But then I came back and had a little bit of positivity for the last pay-per-view, even though it probably didn't deserve it. Uh, and then every Tuesday night, you can hear me on the Panels on Pages podcast where we talk about whatever pop culture bullshit is going on in that <laughs> week. Kelly, every year with these things, you take the um, – how should I the, – the, the, basically the misfit toys yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> of WrestleMania weekend. Um, and this year, there was a lot of misfit cho- toys to choose from. A lot of these shows are – are utter trash. Um, why is it that you are so attracted to the misfit toys of WrestleMania weekend? I feel like those are just the most fun. Like it's, you're not guaranteed anything good, but you're going to get something interesting. I feel like, you know, it's just, yeah. cause not always th- good things. Aren't always interesting. Like I can, I love new Japan, but you know, every now and then you get those G one nights where it's like, Oh, Cool. All four stars. All right. And it's like, eh, I mean, I should be excited about this. But you're like, man, I wish there was some garbage on here I could dig into. Because every now and then, you just want some garbage. <laughs> well, there's uh, there's plenty uh, this, this WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, in, in prior years, as Joe was saying, like I could always sort of say, hey, t- you know, Kelly, I have these five terrible shows. <laughs> and you'd be like, all right, cool. But like we almost had to kind of split it out. Like There was, there was a lot this weekend of, uh, of just weird oddity shows. Uh, and like you said, these might not be bad. Like the, the, one of the shows we're talking about could be pretty fun and pretty interesting and good. And and one of these might be good, if not, you know, really good. And like other ones, just kind of a bizarre one that like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could attend live. I'm not even sure if it's like, I, I know it's streaming, but there, there's just a lot of oddities this year. So let's, let's kick it off first with um, people get mad at us. I mean, there, there is one show we're going to do today. That's pretty much a straight laced wrestling show. So yes. we're not implying <laughs> that the uh, independent wrestling TV uh, family reunion show is, 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 but, but the, yeah, the boner jam for ball out. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, and this uncanny attractions, drags and drop kicks certainly fall right into Kelly's wheelhouse. Absolutely. So let's yep. kick it off with the, we'll kick it off with the serious one. Then this is going on Thursday, yeah. April 4th, 12 PM. It's the independent wrestling TV family reunion taking on, uh, taking place white Eagle hall, Jersey city, New Jersey. Uh, this will be on, uh, of course you have an independent, that, uh, independent wrestling.tv. It'll be on there. Uh, it'll also be on fight TV as well. So if you get the giant, uh, gcw collective package it'll be up there too so there's plenty of opportunities to watch this uh show uh real quick i'll kind of go over the card then we can kind of 
dive into a little bit of what kind of stands out to us. Um, we got the opener, assumably uh, the uh, Chris Stradlitter, uh, Kimberly, Shaz McKenzie, and Jessica Troy. So that's going to be a tag match there. You got Kobe Durst, Justin Sane. Yes, in the year 2019, there's still a man named Justin Sane, which I believe was a uh, EFED name that I had uh, back in 1999. Uh, and Cody Lane, uh, they're going to be against Shane Saber, Space Monkey, and BMD. You got a last man standing match, Jake Parnell versus Gary J. We'll talk about that one here in a little bit because I've seen that match actually uh, in person. Uh, AC Mack versus Fred Yehi, uh, Kylie Ray, and uh, Isaiah Velasquez against Shotzi Blackheart, Robert Anthony, uh, O'Shea Edwards, and Mr. Brickster, and Cabana Man Dan versus Brett Isom, Kevin Koo, and Dominic Greeny. And then your independent wrestling championship, you have Orange, Orange Cassidy defending the title against Jonathan Gresham. So I'll start with you first, Kelly. Uh, what stands out to you on this card, and what, uh, what's kind of what's the good and the bad that you can see from this card so far? Well, uh, Justin Sane is my new favorite wrestler that I've never seen before. Because fair the, the balls to go with that name it's <laughs> 2019 man you know is, is it. it like one of those what's old is new again like it, it maybe it's so out of touch that it's in touch again is it one of those things like champion what if he's like just some like 40 year old dude that's that's very possible that's too, just yeah. been using this name all this time and he was like the first like he was the first guy to get like on twitter and name himself like Dan or whatever. <laughs> right. I'm trying to trying to look. Joe, do you know anything about uh, Justin Sane? Oh my God, his Twitter account is Justin Sane for life. This man Hell might. Yeah. I, I I don't know if he's doing like a 2001 <laughs> cosplay or something, but I'm in for this. Uh, looks like he's been wrestling since 05. Is is what Cage Match has. So, um, that's Justin Sane there. But yeah, he's gonna be with Kobe Durst that's and awesome. Cody Lane versus Shane Saber, Space Monkey, and BMD. But uh, yeah, what uh, you know to my original question, what what what's like what's some good that you see from the show? Um, Obviously. Orange Cassidy versus Jonathan Gresham. Like, that's going to be a really great match. I mean, you're going to get, you know, your some comedy out of Cassidy, like you expect. But then you're going to get, like, a serious match. Uh, like, his uh, match, what was that, late last year against David Starr. Where I think everyone kind of stood up and said, oh, yeah, Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy is a tremendous wrestler and not just this comedy guy. So I think that one will stand out and could be one of your sleeper hits of the weekend. Yeah, so what do you think about that main event? Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he's gotten over with a really unique gimmick, and it's it, like Kelly said. Then you know, once he gets past the shtick, he can go. And right now, he's arguably you know the hottest name on the independent scene, at least in the Northeast U.S. So, and Gresham was a former for you know used to hold this title. So there's a built-in story there as well. And actually, I uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, as of the day we're recording this, uh, they announced that the uh, the show that replaced Nova Pro, uh, the GCW show, is going to be like an Orange Cassidy like produce. It's like named after him in a sort of way. So they're kind of leaning into. So he's kind of become the I don't want to say the new Joey Janela, but I mean that that's high praise too. When when you can get a show you know basically named after you from GCW, that's that's a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah, for that Orange should Cassidy, be fun. So that's gonna be a good one. But yeah, let, the, the match that I kind of initially stood out to me and, and that's what I was going to kind of ask you guys as well the last man standing match uh Jake Parnell versus Gary J I'm not I'm not one for last man standing matches I, I really don't like them all that much uh but I've seen Jake Parnell and Gary J live uh they did an evolve I think it was a dark match I think on evolve or it, I I don't remember that one aired I was there live so I don't know what was airing what wasn't but that was awesome it was like a really good like 10 or 15 minute sprint that those two guys went through I've heard nothing but good things about the rivalry so I'm pretty excited about that match Joe uh what are your thoughts uh, on Parnell and Gary J I know you've seen a, a, a bunch of both of those guys as well yeah and i've seen i've seen these guys wrestle each other too because they've been feuding for a long time in the midwest yeah so it, it's it'll be hard hitting 
Gary J matches are always hard hitting. Jake Parnell is another guy who is uh, has a very physical style. And the match I saw, I don't know about the one you saw. Maybe yours might have been a little different because you're talking about a pre-show. Um, how, how was it? Was it like a hard hitting contest? How long did it they was? Go? Much- yeah, it was like 10 minute sprint. I believe I'm almost positive it was a dark match. I, I don't know for a fact. It was the Evolve show in Chicago last summer, but I don't recall yeah. if it was dark or not because because I was there live or whatnot. But yeah, it went like 10, 12 minutes or whatever. Just hard hitting sprint that those guys went through it was pretty fun yeah these two guys have been caving in each other's chests in the midwest um you know for probably a year now maybe longer um it's a very long running feud and uh you know it's a they're, they're bringing it to the east coast to an international audience um you know to to probably a bunch of new fans that have never seen them wrestle before and yeah the last man standing thing you know i'm with you rich but um you know, who knows on a show like this in a more intimate setting with, I assume this fan, this show is going to draw, uh, you know, a, a, a very niche crowd of people who are very familiar with independent wrestling TV and all that. So it, it, I think this has a chance to be the hottest match um, outside of the main event because Cassidy's so hot right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Gresham's so huge with that crowd that, you know, the main event is, is heading. But, but this would be the other match I would look to and say, this can be, you know, the other match that's a super hot match on the show. Yeah, and just to kind of give you guys an idea of, of, of what's kind of going up against the show. So you have this at 12 p.m. Uh, the only other thing really going on right now at, at this point is Evolve is going to be at 12 p.m. as well. So uh, it's running head-to-head with Evolve. But, yeah, if you're in Jersey City, you're obviously uh, going to be there. And if you're kind of settling in for the entire day of Jersey City Wrestling, which is like Blood Sports after this and uh, AIW, I think, is after that as well. So there's a plenty of stuff going on there. So I could see this being a, a, an interestingly attended show because, you know, if you're going to Blood Sport later, it almost makes sense to kind of come to the show and whatnot. And, and, and Kelly, I guess I'll ask you a little bit. Is there a hidden gem match that you see on this? Is there a match that maybe, you you know, we didn't talk about quite yet that might be worth, uh, you know, kind of discussing a bit? Um, honestly, the women's match, the tag match, the Chris Statlander and Kimberly versus Shaz McKenzie and Jessica Troy. I say that purely because I think Chris Statlander is going to work really hard to stand out. She's been making some waves, but I think this is going to be her big opportunity to break out. Have you guys seen the match that she had in Limitless Wrestling against Ashley Vox in January? I have not. No, Joe, I don't, I don't believe you did either, right? I have not seen that match. I've seen her wrestle two or three times now. And I could also tell you that, and Rich can attest to this. Everyone tells us that she is the next big thing in women's wrestling and in independent wrestling. Yeah. All the people who have worked with her, the people that trained her, the people who are ahead of the curve on these sorts of things. We, Rich, we were given this name what a year ago to keep an eye on. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I don't even the name didn't make didn't even ring a bell to me at the time. It was kind of like, hey, put a pin in this person. Like they're they're gonna you know somewhere down the road you're gonna hear a lot about them. And yeah, now they're starting to pop. You know, she's starting to pop up all over the place. And 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 yeah, I think Kelly's running the money that she's gonna definitely be out there i mean this is a huge weekend for her especially with everybody else getting signed like as you said yep. she might be the you know kind of from the rubble the last one sort of remaining or or could be one of the biggest women's stars on the independence so yeah i'm i'm, I'm very very excited to see her kelly yeah, I, hi- I highly recommend her, yeah you've seen her the most what stands out about her style um she's like she's tall so she feels bigger than everyone else but she's incredibly agile too but like i the the limitless match i mentioned is interesting because it's not worked like your how almost you feel like your women's uh hardcore matches are these days 
it feels very much like almost a territory brawl. Like it's very just nasty and you feel like these two are out to hurt each other to the point where eventually one of the hooks from the turnbuckle is used in the match to uh, print to help like grab someone's face. It's gross. Like it, it's <laughs> awesome. Like it's a trim. It's an awesome match. It's on uh, the limitless YouTube. So I highly recommend checking it out so you can get a little bit familiar with her. But yeah, I think that's going to, she's going to definitely work hard to stand out. And I know Shazza McKenzie's good. I'm not too familiar with Jessica Troy, so I couldn't tell you how she'll work with her. But yeah, that should be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, and then otherwise we mentioned, you know, AC Mack and Fred Yehai. That's a match that I know, I, I believe, has happened uh, before. Uh, but AC Mack, Fred Yehai has a guy who, obviously, if you're, you're familiar with Evolve, you, you, you've seen plenty of his work uh, over the years. And AC Mack's a guy that we've heard the name uh, a lot. I can't say that I've seen a ton of his work. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does against Fred Yehai here because he's a guy that I know has been pretty big, uh, you know, in the Southern Independence for, for many, many years. So I'm excited to see him here. And then uh, the one that really stands out to me, too, are two you know, teams and two, you know, four people that I've seen quite a lot uh, in Chicago is Kylie Ray and Isaiah Velasquez uh, versus Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Robert Anthony. So that's kind of the freelance uh, showcase match there, which I think has a chance to be really, really good as well. I mean, Kylie Ray is obviously, we mentioned uh, Chris Stadletter uh, a little bit earlier is like kind of the woman who's emerged. Well, Kylie Ray was one who now seems kind of that post, like she's kind of had her emergence. She's done her stuff now, you know, AW's taking notice, other people have taken notice. She's still kind of doing stuff, but I think this is a huge weekend for her as well because you'll see her uh, pop up a lot of places as well. But yeah, that match really stands out to me too. So, uh, I mean, overall, Kelly, kind of wrapping up this uh, independent wrestling TV family reunion show, uh, thumbs up. I mean, like, where do you sort of think uh, of what the show is going to be? Where do you think it's going to deliver? Do you think, Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's on paper. It looks pretty solid. I would go thumbs up in all, in all honesty, you make me choose between this and evolve. I'll take this in a heartbeat. Evolve just kind of feels soulless. And this feels like, Hey, people are actually going to really try here. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I would definitely go with this over Evolve for sure. Two, two interesting things. One, I love Rich's theory that because it's the lead-in to the Bloodsport show, which is a hot show, you know, that may help them. You know, it's sort yeah, of like – totally. It's, it's kind of like how TV stations used to schedule. You know, in the days where before remotes when you had to get up and manually change the channel, they would just put shows together and lead-ins were very important. Uh, for retaining the viewers. I mean, they still schedule that way, even though it's, it's, it's you know, it, obviously now it's a little less, you know, with DVRs and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, just for that factor alone, I thought Rich made a good point. The other thing was, this is sort of, you know, the whole thing with the family reunion name. You've got a bunch of different wrestlers from a bunch of different independent uh, wrestling TV promotions. It's sort of their super show. Yeah. You know, where they're bringing all of their talent from all of their promotions together. They're having their big, uh, world title match on this show. So um, that's an interesting aspect too. You know, you see the WWN live super show, the WrestleCon super show. This is sort of this corner of independent wrestling super show where all these promotions are coming together. Yeah, and I think this year, you know, you know, the, the thing with whatever shows leading into the other one, and you've mentioned this a lot on, on, on audio too, Joe, and before we've even done like big, you know, WrestleMania weekend previews is that the travel is going to be a lot more different. Like it's not like a town where you're just gonna be able to walk from one building to the other, or that you're going to park your car and you're good to go the rest of the weekend. You just, you'll walk, you'll do all that sort of stuff. Like if you're going to go to Jersey city for, for blood sport, like you're going to want to get there relatively early. And if you're going to get there relatively early, you might just, I mean, you may as well just get there at 12 PM to go watch, you know, power TV. Like there's a good chance I'm going to blood sport and I have, you know, 
no tickets for any 12 p.m. show. I might go see the show just for that very reason of like, well, shit, I'm going to be in Jersey City for Bloodsport. It, you know, if I'm going to get there at by four anyway, yeah, fuck it. I'll go there a little bit early and go to uh, Power Rom. So I'm going to be interested to see how attendance sort of fluctuates that way because like people are going to need to be where they're going to need to be a lot sooner than they would in, in New Orleans or Orlando or any other town like that. Yeah, I mean, just the difficulty between bouncing from multiple New York City boroughs, Jersey City, Rahway, New Jersey, all these different places. You know, me being from the area, I understand that it's a logistical nightmare and it's difficult. So like you're saying, Rich, especially for an out-of-towner, instead of crisscrossing between states, okay, it might just be a lot easier for someone like you and, and other fans to say, you know what, if I'm going to Bloodsport, screw it. I'm just, today I'm anchoring myself in Jersey City. Tomorrow, I'm anchoring myself at the WrestleCon site in, Man- in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, maybe on Saturday, I'm anchoring myself at whatever. Do- you know what I mean? So this might be a, the kind of year where you're better off just anchoring yourself somewhere each day instead of trying to venue hop. I think that's going to be very difficult for people to do when they get out there and they realize that, you know, Rawway, New Jersey, you know, isn't exactly, you know, it's, it's not a 10-minute trip from Midtown Manhattan. So you make a good point there, too. Well, this, I think that's a great lead-in, too, because if you're going to stick in, if you got your – so you're at Independent Wrestling TV, Family Reunion. You're like, hey, let's let's stick in some Bloodsport. All right, Bloodsport's over. What's next, baby? Thursday, April 4th, 7.30 p.m., Wet Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Interspecies Wrestling, Boner Jam 4, balls out, baby. Let's go. So if you have anchored yourself, you are going to get this show. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? <clears throat> so ready. All right. We got the Bastion Snow International Food Fight Invitational. Ivan Sullivan and Steven Sullivan versus Braxton Sutter and Andy Williams. Fluffy the Killer Bunny versus Leo Giovanni, Jay Rukin versus Daniel Makabe. Tony Deppin versus Jigsaw versus Werewolf of Wall Street versus Sanchez. Chris Dickinson versus Chris Brooks. Bill Carr and Dan Barry. This is Joe's hell show right now. <laughs> Every, all of your least favorite wrestlers. I've listed them all so far, which is great. Uh, versus the Jim Nasty Boys. Sexy Eddie versus Swoggle. Now we've definitely done it. And then in, we're going to talk about this one in a bit though, a King of Crazy Championship. A fans bring the Lego star deathmatch. Eddie Star versus Viking versus Cannonball versus Matt Tremont Kelly. What in the what is Boner Jam number four? Balls out. What the hell is this show? It's a treasure. Um, <laughs> honestly, the first thing that stuck out to me on this card was I legitimately thought Sexy Eddie was dead. <laughs> so to see him listed kind of surprised me. So now I'm trying to figure out who I actually is dead that I thought was him. It might be Trent Acid, I'm not sure. But uh, really, it's the Lego deathmatch and the legal trouble that has caused earlier today as we're recording this. Yeah, let's Breaking get right to news. that. Yeah, let's Breaking get to that, news. Joe. Give Joe, it to yeah. us, Rich. Okay, I'm going to get to this, and then Joe, I'm going to let you respond to it because that is... Yeah. That's a who's who. That's a Hall of Fame list of <laughs> But uh, so huge change to the main event here. So I mentioned it is the uh, King of Crazy Championship. A fans bring the Lego Deathmatch. Uh, Eddie Starr versus Viking versus Cannibal versus Matt Tremont. Well, we have a cease and desist letter from the Lego Corporation. It says, Dear Mr. Woods, this was uh, put up by the Interspecies Wrestling guys. They put, uh, we represent Lego. And the Lego group of companies, together the company, is in intellectual property matters. Uh, we recently learned that Interspecies Wrestling is promoting slash offering an event that infringes on the company's trademark rights. Interspecies Wrestling is promoting the, quote, fans bring the Lego deathmatch, which infringes on the company's world-famous Lego trademark. 
Uh, use of Lego in the event title constitutes trademark infringement because the manner in which it is used creates the possibility for consumers to be confused that the event is an official Lego branded event, which I think is very easy to confuse this as an official legally branded event, uh, or that interspecies wrestling are somehow authorized by the company to use the product in such a manner. So unfortunately, the fans bring the Lego Deathmatch will now be the fans bring the plastic toy building blocks Deathmatch or something. Or, or du- maybe Duplo will, will slide in and get a sponsorship or something. <laughs> so, they still make Duplos? I don't know. I don't deal. Joe, oh, they do, do they your still kids make still Duplos. Okay, They're the right. bad guys in the Lego movie too. <laughs> That's camp. Is that true? Yeah. Oh my God. That's awesome. And they all talk like weird babies. <laughs> That's because Duplos are Legos for toddlers. Yep. Yes. They're, they're larger and they're easier to snap together. And as someone who has seen firsthand toddlers attempting to use regular size Legos, the Duplos are, are vital in the Lego universe, trust me. Um, but yeah, they, they wouldn't be able to use that either because that's another trademark. Basically, well, I was going to say, maybe they could call Duplo and say, hey, can we use... But that, I feel like, unfortunately, for the, the deathmatch purposes, Duplos would a little bit... They, they, I yeah. don't know. You know, they're a bigger, a little bit more cumbersome. I don't know that they quite work as much as I uh, think as where would. they went wrong is in like the event poster they used the lego logo oh yeah that's not i think deal. that's where they went wrong if they hadn't done that they probably wouldn't have gotten the cease and desist <laughs> there's a there's a a definitely like an off-brand lego like a different brand of building block and i can't think of the name of it mega blocks uh, is that what it is? We have the right yeah. person on. We have the right person on to ask these questions. So. Yeah, because you'd go to like Toys R Us, rest in peace, and there'd be yeah. like an entire, you know, you know, there'd be an entire, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lane, alley? What do you call it? Something in a store? Aisle? An aisle? An aisle. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a long day, I guess. <laughs> long day. So you go there, there'd be an entire aisle of Legos, and then a small corner of that aisle would be occupied by whatever the hell Kelly just said. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mega Bloks, they've been branching out and doing more licensed stuff, but still no one gives a shit. All right, Boner Jam 4 balls out. Joe, what in God's name is this show? I fucking hate this show. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. You think Hideki, I, you know what? I think Hideki Suzuki, he's wrestling the, the, the show prior. If he slid into this, this would be, if he replaced... I don't know. Who do you kind of like from the show? We'll replace him and add Hideki Suzuki. And then I think this would be your Suzuki against Daniel Makabe. Like, that could actually be a good match. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool, you know? (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, I will say this. Can I defend it for a second? Sure. Mm -hmm. Interspecies wrestling has... Here's the thing. You know I cannot stand irony wrestling. You know I cannot stand this trend of irony wrestling. You know I cannot stand comedy wrestling. I hate this shit. I can't stand it. I have no use for it. It's a waste of my time. I know I sound like Jim Cornette. I don't like it. Okay? But here's the thing. Interspecies Wrestling has been doing this for over a decade. Okay? They're the OGs, and I think they have a right to run a show like this. Sure. Whereas it's these other promoters who are annoying the shit out of me because they're all leaning into this irony bullshit, and they're all putting out cars that look exactly the same. How can I get on these guys? You know, all these other promoters are ripping off Joey Janela. These guys have been out here doing shows like this for a long, long time. And, you know, I think they're based in Canada. There's a lot of Canadian wrestlers on this show, whether it's Braxton Sutter or whoever else. So from that perspective, they are doing a show that fits their identity. And there's going to be a fan base for this. And I understand that. Now, as far as Joe Lanza goes, I don't care what tire cliche you want to use. You couldn't – I wouldn't go to this show at gunpoint. You couldn't drug – if you drugged me and dragged me to this show – when I woke up, I'd fucking escape. 
Okay, you'd have to tie me to the chair and pry my eyelids open. If this was in my backyard, I'd close the blinds. I'd not only close the blinds, I'd call the cops with some of the characters that are on this thing. I was going to say, Sexy Eddie's in your backyard. You should probably call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> and Sexy Eddie, good for him, okay? Because Joey Ryan ripped off that guy's act that he was doing fucking 12 years ago. And it's and I think he's wrestling Joey Ryan on one of these shows that either we've previewed already, who knows when all these are going to air, or, or are going to preview. So that's interesting. They're getting Sexy Eddie and Joey Ryan in the same ring, which is just something else. But, uh, but yeah, this show is just – this is just a collection of wrestlers that I can't fucking stand, starting with Detective Dan Barry. <laughs> I, I have no use for Detective Dan Barry. I find him so off-putting in every way. I, cannot t- I can't take the guy. And then on top of that, I assume that this Sanchez character is Pinky Sanchez, who has worked for Interspecies Wrestling for many years. So it just makes sense that it would be him. If it is him, he's my least favorite wrestler of all time. So you've got my least favorite wrestler of all time. You've got Detective Dan Barry, who's my least favorite active wrestler. And by the way, didn't he say he was retiring and can he speed it up? Okay, this guy said he was retiring. It feels like he said it two years ago. When are you retiring? Okay, this retirement tour he's on. The only thing I have against the people of Ireland is that this guy is over for some reason in OTT. I don't know why he's over. He's not over anywhere else in the world, but, but in Ireland. And I like the Irish people. Listen, Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, good friend. Uh, the four L's, more good friends. But, but why do the Irish people enjoy Dan Barry? No one else enjoys him. He stinks. He's terrible. And you look at this card and there, there's others. It's just, look, of course, we have to get the requisite swoggle match because what WrestleMania weekend show doesn't have a fucking swoggle match? Okay, if you like swoggle, this is your year. Get out to New York. <laughs> Because you got swoggle all over the place. You got enough swoggle, believe me. Okay? And, uh, you know, good for Daniel Makabe getting out there. He's probably listening to this. That's not why I'm saying this, but good for him getting on all these shows and all that. And hopefully they can sort out this Lego death match thing, whether it's Duplos or Mega Blocks or whatever the fuck. You know, they're going to have some kind of plastic building block in place. And this is one of the trademark matches of this company. So, again, this is not for me. I think I've made that clear, but they are I have, they have a right to do this kind of show because they've been doing it for a very long time. All right, uh, Kelly, I'm going to get your thoughts here in a sec, but uh, just to clarify some things, uh, Sexy Eddie will be teaming with Joey Ryan in the main event of uh, the Penis Party uh, a match that we, uh, we'll, we'll talk about later in the show, I'm sure. But um, and then See, I was hoping oh, they were going to go against each other on Bloodsport. You know, they might not have finished the card yet, so you never know. There might be a- <laughs> it would just be a shoot. <laughs> I'm sure Barnett would love that. Yeah, currently the match is uh, Joey Ryan, Val Venus, and Sexy Eddie versus Session Mon Martina, Priscilla Kelly, and Scarlett Bordeaux. So uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> it doesn't sound Holy good. Shit. And uh, Swoggle, uh, <laughs> Swoggle, you're you're not lying. This is the weekend of Swoggle. He is against Dan Math. He's against Nick Gage. He's against Scott Steiner, and he's against Sexy Eddie. My oh, God. well, because don't you get the joke, Rich? <laughs> small. Swoggle, Swoggle's small. So let's put him in there with Dan Moff and, and Nick Gage and Scott Steiner because those guys are, like, big and mean. They're all doing not only the same match. They're doing the same fucking joke. It's like, at least, again, I'll defend this show. At least they did something different. They did. You know? They didn't book Abdul the Butcher versus Swoggle, which, you know, if the guy uh, you, you know what? Oh, God. Whatever the case. You know, I'm sure someone oh, tried it. They'd have him come out there on his walker with his hepatitis, you know, because he's big and scary. But you get the idea. Everyone booked Swoggle, and they booked him in the same fucking match. I don't want to see Swoggle to begin with, let alone the same fucking match nine times. At least this one's a little different. The funny thing is, I think this one has the highest chance of him dying in it. 
<laughs> like, sexy Eddie puts that trash can over his head and tries that moonsault. There's a good chance he just squashes him. <laughs> Kelly, what are your other thoughts on uh, Boner Jam Four Balls Out? Because this is uh, I'm not gonna go be there live. I'm definitely gonna be leaving the White Eagle Hall before this one. But um, I don't know. I'd probably never watch the show. But I, it, I'm probably gonna for watch somebody, this because yes. I'm an idiot. Uh, Tony Deppin versus Jigsaw would be a really cool singles match. But then they threw Pinky Sanchez. <laughs> The werewolf whoever the werewolf of wall street is werewolf of wall street could be good for all i know i don't know who they are but uh yeah uh tony deppin just the, some people will get this reference if you ever read wizard magazine uh the guy who wrote the letters column his name was chris ward he he wore a bunny costume under the bunny costume he looks exactly like tony <laughs> so that's all i can see when Tony Deppin's wrestling is I just think of this ridiculous man who answers letters like an asshole and just getting the shit beat out of him usually, but also hitting people pretty hard. I like Tony Deppin. Tony Deppin's a good dude. Um, I, I shouldn't say good dude. I should say good wrestler. I don't know him as a person. Yeah, I've never, I've never personally met. Him. But yeah, he is, a, yeah. he is a nice man. He, uh, I shook his hand once, so oh, <laughs> I could okay. confirm that at least in my experiences, he was a very good man. So all right, cool. I'll rubber stamp that. There you go. How the hell did Chris Dickinson versus Chris Brooks get on this show? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was weird. No, I don't know. I it have no fit. idea. There has to be a gimmick attached that we don't know. About, I have right? nothing. I, I my my sheet shows nothing. Oh, I, come I on, you're gonna go out there and wrestle. I, <laughs> Chris Dickinson will probably wear a dress because I've seen him do that before. Like in on, there was a recent Beyond show I was watching where Chris Dickinson was wearing a dress for some reason. I don't know why but I feel like they might do that gimmick here too for some reason. Maybe no, I'm thinking it. of the Halloween show. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing for you here. Um, <laughs> they have, so everybody's got their little nicknames here. Like you got uh, Addie Star is the undisputed queen of crazy. Like they have this on their, their ticket page. Uh, Chris Brooks is British wrestling star. <laughs> like oh, everybody else right. is like the King Crab, Bash and Snow, uh, Kicking and Stopping, Stephen and Ivan Sullivan, Team Tremendous, of course, and then Chris Brooks is just British wrestling star. So I, they might just have a match. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It, it's, it seems unlikely, but I don't know. Funny thing is, if you had made me guess, I would have guessed that Chris Brooks is like Australian. I don't know much about Chris Brooks besides he and his buddy are like a t-shirt factory. <laughs> that they hate Joe and they hate Joe all those no 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 they don't no no they that's not true i i met chris brooks um i don't i don't, I don't think I, I wasn't introduced with my last yeah, name i was gonna say you're not giving <laughs> your name so and i don't mind he's the one i don't really pick on that much it's you know a little geek in the mask i just that guy drives me nuts um like ghost yeah you're not a like ghost guy i hear he's a nice guy i hear he's a big wrestling fan and a tape geek but i i don't know um he's made of glass that's yeah the poor guy i mean like i feel know, bad for him <laughs> He can't stay healthy, uh, that's for sure. I had another point to make about this show, but you know what? I forgot. So I've got nothing left to add. Oh, cool to see Andy Williams re return to WrestleMania weekend after seeing him on the first spring break, uh, teaming with uh, Penelope Ford against Braxton Sutter and Alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. So he's he's got a familiar thing. So I I guess we'll clear we'll, we'll kind of end this <laughs> Boner Jam Ford segment by just. Uh, I think Joe kind of summed it up pretty well, and, and Kelly, I'll get your thoughts too. Like, 
it's weird it's kooky it's strange like i don't want to see it but like i'll give him credit for originality it's 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 pretty original they're bringing back some old and some new and 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 like joe said they're kind of one of the originators of this like silly irony wrestling so they're allowed to do this yeah i I, so i yes i'm not gonna go see it i'm not gonna watch it but i'll give them the thumbs up i think they did a pretty good job with this card getting mad at this is like getting mad at a kaiju big battle this is what they do right right uh, Joe, any final thoughts on a Boner Jam four balls out? And yet I got mad at it anyway. So. <laughs> you got mad at Sloggle, to be fair. No, well, no, no, you defended it way more than you were mad at it. Thanks, Kelly. See, <laughs> you, you're a reasoned and well-explained man, just oh, like me. You. you can share the title. Thank you. All right, so let's go to Saturday. Oh, yeah, I should mention what is up against uh, Boner Jam on Thursday. Uh, yeah, you got, you know, NYWC, a matter of pride that's going on in Manhattan. You also have WrestleCon, the Super Show, uh, going on. Also, DDT going on uh, around the same time as well. That's so. some stiff competition. Yeah. Well, nothing stiffer than Boner Jam 4, Boner uh, Balls Out, though. So that's a uh, tremendous, tremendous job, Rich. Yeah, all right. I'd Saturday. probably choose oh, DDT, ahead. but if you make me choose between this and the WrestleCon Super Show, I'd probably pick this because the WrestleCon Super Show can be insufferably long and very irony heavy. Mm-hmm. That's true, Joe. Would you uh, would you pick any show over uh, Interspecies Wrestling, Boner Jam Four Balls Out? I don't know if I would pick this show over any other show on the entire weekend. <laughs> That's not even true. You know, I there's probably a couple. Yeah, I think um, I don't know that this one's that. I, I think we're going to mention some others here that are going to come up. Not, not in this particular segment, but in other segments, I think. It's very low on my list, but if you're asking me, and I still don't know if I'm going to WrestleMania, I would definitely be a DDT or the WrestleCon Super Show uh, during this block of time. I am. There's no chance on earth that I'm going to be at this interspecies wrestling show. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at DDT. So, all right, let's get to uh, now. We're going to move over to Saturday here with our last little preview here with Kelly. Saturday, April 6, 6:30 p.m. Uncanny Attractions presents Drags and Drop Kicks from the House of Yes, which is an incredible name for a venue uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we're Oh, Jesus, I didn't even realize it had Vicky Sanchez on it <laughs> until just now. I read through this earlier and I did not even notice. All right, Gannon Jones Jr. and Duke Davis versus Remy LeVay and Jason Gorey versus Ariel Monroe and Roni Nicole. We also have Lee Moriarty versus Pinky Sanchez. Somehow, some way, Pinky has got himself booked on this. Uh, Casanova Valentine versus MV Young and then Jamie Senegal versus Everett Cross. Kelly, what can you tell us about Uncanny Attractions, Drags, and Dropkicks? I'll tell you this. I didn't sign up for this show. So <laughs> I, added it, I added it later. <laughs> okay. Well, who else was going to do this one but you, Kelly? I mean, I don't know why you didn't sign up for it from the beginning. Like, come on. Okay. I, I know who Casanova Valentine is because he's the no ring death match guy. And then he gets mad when other people run that gimmick. Uh, I know who Pinky Sanchez is because he sucks. I don't know anyone else on this show. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know that many of these other people are... Uh... <laughs> Consistently active wrestlers, either, but uh, well, maybe Ariel, they are. Ariel, Ariel Monroe is a, a pretty big um, wrestler on the women's scene, um, but other than that, I'm with Kelly. I does he named the only other two that I'm personally familiar with. Um, Rich, what's the since you threw Kelly under the bus? <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus. Um, what isn't there? A, what's the gimmick attached to this? This is like a drag show slash wrestling show. Yes. Or... So yeah, if you go to the Eventbrite page, it'll kind of tell you what it is. So it says, "Welcome back to Uncanny Attractions Show." Uh, dive into the rabbit hole at the event that has been dubbed the Alice in Wonderland of Wrestling. Much like Alice, you'll go mad watching our hard-hitting wrestlers of all kinds battling it out. So 
Uh, we've also added the goddess Madam Vivin V to help stir the tea. Also, uh, DJ Dropcat will be there too. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly. I, well, you need yeah. DJ Dropcat now that DJ Z got signed. That's true. That's <laughs> you need someone to do the. Burr, burr, burr. That's him. Yeah, that's gonna be him. Yeah, so I, I guess it's half drag show, half wrestling show. It's it's unique and it's it's interesting. It's it's up against some pretty. Uh... Is this head to head with the New York Wrestling Connection Matter of Pride? There no, it's not. No, no, they're here. separate. No, they're, that's on Thursday, April fourth. I mentioned that's that's up against uh, the Interspecies uh, Boner Jam Four Balls Out. No, this one is actually. What are we doing here? <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, this one is up against the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, as well as the uh, oh, a little show a called Sophie's Choice. Yeah, or. or uh, there's this little show going on at Madison Square Garden, too, with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. So, yeah, if you're not going to the WWE Hall of Fame and you're not going to the G1 Supercard, uh, you're not going to CCW versus WrestlePro, the next best option is Uncanny Attractions, Dragons, and Dropkicks. So, Is that really the next best option? I mean, <laughs> Tickets are $35 presale, $40 at the door, Joe. Jesus, $40 bucks wow. at the door. No. <laughs> That's... They got some balls here. This that's those are some ticket prices. This house of yes, this has to be some kind of uh, club or something. Correct? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, this is in association with Game Changer Wrestling as well. I don't know how they got involved in this whatsoever. Maybe just I know that they're streaming it. Uh, so if you want to watch it, uh, you, you can go. watch it on the, the Fight Fest package. But uh, yeah, somehow they're in association with Game Changer Wrestling. I have no idea. There's no point in us even previewing or talking about this. Well, if you buy that, well, if you buy the Fight Fest package, right? Yes. And you don't give a shit about New Japan and Ring of Honor, why wouldn't you at least turn this on and see or what's going CCW on? Or CCW and WrestlePro or <laughs> like God, the I mean, you know, have to not be a wrestling a match. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't get over that $10 a match for your $40. Well, I, I'm sure there's going to be some unannounced uh, happenings going on in the show. I mean, this cannot be the whole entire card, but you know what? To be fair, I don't think they're charging. Like, this is not going to be a sh- like just a straight wrestling show. There's going to be all kinds of other shit going on. Right, you're going there uh, to drink like and dance, got some, and it's yeah, going to be a, it's like a, a, the a drag show. Wonderland theme, and right, yeah, the right. drag show and all this. So, to be fair, it seems like more of a party with wrestling matches happening at a party. Yeah. So, uh, you I know, can't from that perspective, like that. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like yeah. bar wrestling. I'm, I've never no. been into that. Um, it's just not my thing. I went to uh, one or two bar wrestling, not bar wrestling, not the promotion bar wrestling in California, uh, but like you wrestling know, at a bar, wrestling <laughs> at a bar, which yes, I, just to be clear. And it just, it's weird. It's not really, remember Evolve used to run that venue in New York. What was it? The, uh, uh, Bo Diddley's Steakhouse. What, what was it? Not Bo Diddley. The other dude. <laughs> Diddley. It was, uh, it wasn't Bo Diddley. It was, uh, <laughs> You guys are going to uh, leave me hanging here. Was, I'm, uh, hanging. I'm, trying, they, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I, don't, I'm trying. I don't know. It was a venue in New York they used to run like circa 2013-ish. And you'd see people sitting in booths eating their steak dinners while like <laughs> while like AR Fox is doing the low main pain on, on Johnny Gargano in the ring. And, you know, the scene is making their entrance with Larry Dallas. And people are sitting there sipping wine and, and eating a chicken carbonara. You know, that that's what was going on. It was uh, wasn't but it was a name of a uh, of a. Uh, of a musician it was like blank blanks steakhouse or something like that it wasn't bo diddly though it was it was it was uh <laughs> i'm trying to find it out for you i'm, I'm clicking feverishly to try the to only person i could think of was ray charles and i doubt that's right it's not ray charles it's someone along those lines though um and you're sure it was, any, it was oh, BB, was it bb king bb king's B- blues D- club and grill there it is there it is 
Bingo. BBK. See, Bo Diddley wasn't bad. I was on the right <laughs> no, track. That's not close. bad. Yeah. You know, I was relatively close. So yeah, that's that was the that you know. So those were sort of bar shows, like half and half, but uh, never really been my thing. This thing just looks fucking bizarre. I don't know. What, what do people want us to say? Yeah, there's yeah. nothing else to really say on this one. Yeah, if, if this is your thing and you're seeing or whatever, you you might have a good time. And this is this is one that I could definitely see like completely non wrestling fans sort of stumbling upon. Uh, this weekend as well so yeah but the, yeah if you're a, a, a true wrestling fan there's not a whole lot for you and the competition is is, is incredible too with like you know the hall of fame if you're just a straight WWE fan you're you're going to the hall of fame you got roh in new japan even if you don't want it even if you sold out of that you know you couldn't buy tickets to roh in new japan you couldn't you know you don't care about the hall of fame then you also have you know czw versus wrestle pro too so if you really need to get your wrestling fix in they have it for you there so yeah i, I imagine that there's some scene for this but yeah it's probably not anybody listening to the show unfortunately but um that's Uncanny Attractions, Drags and Dropkicks. Now, Kelly, we are not going to do an official WWE Hall of Fame uh, preview because at this point we don't know if this is the finalized class. Right now we only have five names or five, I guess, units or groups or whatever. We have the Honky Talk Man, uh, Tory Wilson, Hall, uh, uh, Harlem Heat, DX, and Sue Atchison, who was like an office worker for WWE. But uh, you had an incredible Honky Talk Man story that you wanted to talk about before. So this isn't an official preview, but uh, you wanted to talk about Honky Talk Man, so I will give you that floor. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say I'm one of the few people – that believes honky tonk man is actually a nice man he's not you know he's not everyone thinks oh he's just a big dick no 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 he's actually just a sweet man that loves his cats and some baseball Milwaukee like, Brewers baseball though, yep, loves, yeah. loves the brewers he uh so he did a signing at my comic shop and it was very poorly attended so uh you got the wrestlers just coming around talking and so honky tonk man you know we have a store cat so we're talking about his cats. He's like feeds his neighborhood cats. Like he's got a whole bunch of feral cats that he just looks over and watches them. And he really just, you, you could see he cares about these cats and it's just, it kind of humanized him in a way that you don't normally get when you just see him on like shoot interviews, t- talking shit about Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and then he was telling us, Oh, he loves the brewers. Cause he lives in Arizona. He goes to all their, uh, spring training games and says man this is not the experience i thought i would have talking to honky tonk man for an extended period of time but he's just a very sweet guy like i, I i'm i'm a i'm I've turned into a Honky Tonk Man fan. Couldn't tell you a single match of his I've enjoyed, but I like it. Well, no, he's, he's not there. Joe, you, I know this Honky Tonk Man was was around in uh, your peak WWF fandom. Was there ever a Honky Tonk match, uh, Honky Tonk Man match that we should actually watch or care about? I mean, they're all all the WWE matches are the same formula. He's got some killer shit from the territories, obviously. Um, but the WWE matches were all, you know, him being a chicken shit heel and taking a powder and, you know, taking a count out or or, you know, getting dragged back into the ring by Macho Man. They're all entertaining in their own way. I mean, they're not going to be classic work rate style matches, but, um, you know, they're not all terrible. I mean, some of them are pretty bad, but, um, you know, and he's a guy who by that point in his career, he wasn't going to bump all that much. But when he bumped, it mattered. You know, he would take his beating toward the end of the match and, and take his big bumps after stalling for a long time or teasing the count out. And uh, and then when he got to WCW, he just refused to bump completely. So they, they, they used to have to book him in like double count outs and double DQs because he just he wouldn't not only lose, he wouldn't bump. 
No, yeah, he uh, he has a <laughs> reputation as I think that's how he quit WCW too. Didn't he want he didn't want to lose to Johnny V. Bad or whatever? And Eric Bischoff was just like, "All right, dude, just get the fuck out of here, man. Like, just go." You know, that's I I, I respect uh, some of those old school workers though. You know, maybe it'd be better. The wrestling business needs a few more of those. Not not all of them. We don't need the whole wrestling business of them. But uh, I, you know, I appreciate a an old school guy that never wants to lose even today. Like I, I forget who it is. And isn't it demolition that if you book them, like they have to go over, like they still won't lose on the Indies or whatever. Quick, quick I don't story. think they ever quick. lost the GC to uh, not GC to great lakes championship wrestling tag titles. Cause they just wouldn't I, job to anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that because the, the quick story, the quick anecdote was uh, Pat Buck back in the, before it was wrestle pro. What was it called? It was called uh, PWS. He booked Demolition versus Rock and Roll Express, and he had to unbook Demolition because uh, they refused to do business. They didn't want to lose. <laughs> they he you know they want these for cuts. Yeah, Pat wanted to put the Rock and Roll Express over Demolition because uh. I think he was going to use them again or something. Whatever the dumb reason was, and Demolition said, "We're not doing a job to the Rock and Roll Express. We were generational." teams at the same time we don't want people and he was like you know what and, and rock and roll express were fine they were like you know what we'll lose we don't give a shit but but pat buck's reasoning was you know what fuck this you know these guys are ridiculous so he unbooked them and i think they did rock and roll express versus uh you know two of their in-house guys so yeah demolition uh i don't even know if they're still you know out there working i don't know if bill edy can still get in there but uh yeah as of a few years ago no they wouldn't lose either and Kelly, before we did this, you said you watched every single Stevie Ray match uh, to get ready for their uh, Harlem Heat's induction uh, yep. in the Hall of Fame. What'd you take away from the uh, career of uh, one Stevie Ray? Uh, not very good. Nope, not great. But <laughs> there you go. All right, cool. <laughs> and now someone's gonna be really mad at me that I said. Yeah, that. you. Yeah, you're, you. You don't understand. He was. He was great. Yeah. No, one half of the PWI, two-time PWI tag team champions. You know, uh, n- now I said Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. I remembered an anecdote from uh, last year's Rainy Weekend. So I was sitting in Channing Tatum's restaurant. <laughs> what a name drop. Okay, go on. Yeah, so I was sitting in Channing Tatum's restaurant with my friends. You know, we're eating dinner. I'm eating a good po' boy. I look to my left or my right, and I see Al Snow, G- Great Lakes Championship uh, runner David Hero. Or former runner, they don't they don't exist anymore. David Hero and a group of college kids all going up to the balcony to throw beads at women, <laughs> and I laughed so hard, purely because I saw Dave Hero. But knowing that El Snow was there and all those kids, that was just hilarious to me. And my friends stop and look at me and go, "Kelly, why are you laughing at El Snow so hard?" <laughs> To be honest, he deserves scored, so that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but like I had tears in my eyes trying to explain to them just the weird confluence of events that led to Dave Hero being in the same room as me <laughs> and them going to go throw beads at women at Channing Tatum's restaurant. Whatever. At Channing Tatum's restaurant, only WrestleMania weekend, only WrestleMania weekend that could happen. Um, all right, Joe, anything with uh, anything more from Kelly before we uh, say goodbye to him? No, this was a lot of fun. Tremendous job, uh, as always, Kelly. I, oh, thank first you. time I've done audio with you. Yeah. And I would uh, be happy to do it again. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think this is actually the first time we've ever actually spoken. We there you go, Kelly. The Joe, Mania Weekend Joe, Kelly. happen. <laughs> See, this is what happens. It, it, WrestleMania Weekend brings us all together. But, Kelly, yep. before, uh, before we sign off on this segment here, do you want to let people know where they can uh, follow your work again and uh, where they can you know hear and see some of the other stuff you do? Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Kelly with just one K. Um Listen to me on the Panels on Pages podcast. We record live every Tuesday night at 9, so you can come sit in the uh, YouTube chat, listen along, or just get it on the download. 
And uh, I review all the WWE pay-per-views here at Voices of Wrestling, along with every now and then I do other columns. But luckily, I haven't, or luckily, lately, I haven't had many great ideas. But that'll change. <laughs> luckily, geez, I was like, man. Yeah, no, not yeah. luckily. Yeah. Lately. Oh, man. All right. But uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us here at Comic oh, Key Kelly. You for me. Kelly Harris. We'll be back with another section here of the WrestleMania Weekend. Kelly, thank you so much, though. Thanks. All right, we continue our series on WrestleMania weekend with Iron Mike Spears. Mike, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Rich. It's I, I think this is my third straight year of doing this with you, and it's kind of it's been fun. And this is a really weird weekend we're going to get into. It is. It is. No Joe Lanza this uh, this segment. Just uh, just me and Mike uh, for this one. But uh, let's uh, let's get the plugs out of the way first before we talk about the two shows. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Fuji. Hey, it's Fuji with two eyes. Uh, he is the host of Open the Voice Gate as well as a co-host of the Everything Elites podcast here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. So, uh, Mike, uh, keeping yourself busy talking about the world of wrestling. Yeah, uh, somehow I've managed that. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was on Music of the Mat with Andrew Rich. <laughs> I was on it, Everything Elite. And then I had an episode open the voice gate that went up like the first one in a month. So somehow I'm giving Audio Boom all the money or all the content they need for their dollars this week. So sorry, y'all, if you're really bored of my dumb voice by this time. Yes, and I get another <laughs> half hour of your dumb voice yeah. here. But yeah, we got your dumb voice is going to be valuable here because we are going to preview uh, WrestleCon US versus the world as well as the Joey Janela Spring Break 3 Part 2 The Greatest Clusterfuck. Quite a uh, heavy name there. We'll start with uh, US uh, versus the world, the WrestleCon show on Friday, April 5th at 11 a.m. This is, of course, taking place at the New York City Hilton Midtown where all of the uh, WrestleCon shows uh, as well as the WrestleCon uh, convention will be taking place. Uh, live stream available via the Fight Fest package, and then on demand after that, it'll be available on the High Spots uh, network as well. So tickets are still available too, as far as uh, when we started, when we're recording this, and they have a pretty big venue, so I think a bunch of tickets will still be around there if you want. But um, yeah, it, it's on the on its face. Before we kind of go through the match by match and and, and talk about all the uh, the happenings around the card, I mean, overall, I. I think this is one of the better cards of the entire weekend. Uh, I just recently bought tickets to it once I confirmed that I had nothing else going on that day. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this show. I think, you know, top to bottom, one of the better shows the entire weekend. What do you think, Mike? Oh, I completely co-sign with you on this. I think that this is a card that not very many people are talking about or just hand-waving because of the time and other options. But WrestleCon and uh, High Spots really put together what I feel like what a... Uh, indie show on uh, over wrestlemania week should be and it's just a really smart way of booking like you're getting a lot of variety on this show you're getting just some matchups that i when i when they were first announced i was my response was i never thought of that and then five seconds later i was like oh no this match actually should rule that makes sense now okay but yeah i've got tickets to this i'll be up in the balcony just yelling my mind or yelling my brains out for some of these matches because there's just a lot here that you can sink your teeth into and especially in comparison to a lot of things that are being booked at the same time i mean this is going up against i believe the takara show and then like the ipw uk show don't go to those i mean ipw uk doesn't even have a card up we already have eight out of the nine matches announced for this show and this show Pretty much even like the one match that is questionable work rate wise has eight, seven to eight really strong matches. And I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, just to kind of give everybody an idea, this uh, WrestleCon US versus the World Show, I, I said Friday, April 5th, uh, 11 a.m. It is up against uh, Shimmer, uh, taking place at Laboom. And then at uh, 12 p.m. is the Chikara uh, Once Upon a Beginning show as well. So it's tough competition there. And then, of course, IPWK. But uh, we should really just <laughs> stop mentioning them because they have like five people announced and no matches. And I don't know if I don't know if they're aware that they're running WrestleMania weekend either. Hopefully, uh, by the time you guys listen to this, they have actually uh, announced uh, some more show uh, stuff. But yeah, not much else going on. And um. You know, as far as what's going on, on at the at the Hilton Midtown, uh, if you stay for, you know, you watch this U.S. versus the World show at 11 a.m., uh, right after that is the Rev Pro UK show, which which could be pretty interesting, you know, de- depending on uh, the talent announcements or whatnot. So it's a good little, like, if you want to stop and, and kind of say, hey, this is my place for the day, I'm going to be at the, the Hilton Midtown, you know, for the rest of the day, you have two good shows to kind of start you off with. And then I forget what if they're doing anything later. I think then then they're done for the day after that. Oh, no, Penis Party, of course. Of course, Penis Party. So, yeah, you got a full day then if you if you want to, you know, check out uh, US vs. the World, uh, Rep for UK, and then the Penis Party. So I can't believe <laughs> it. I still haven't gotten used to saying the Penis Party, like that in jest being like, yes, the show called the Penis Party. <laughs> like. Hey, are you going to the penis party? Like, we got to come up with a different term. Like, because, like, if we're in public and we say that, like, people are going to look at us very, very odd. Or they'll look at us great. Like, they'll be like, hey, cool. Like, you guys are going to a penis party. And then they're going to follow us and they're going to be very disappointed that it is, yeah, just, like a <laughs> shitty wrestling show. <laughs> they're going to think that you're like talking about this Fet Life meetup group. And then in reality, right, right. it's going to be this awesome, like, great club or it's gonna be it sounds like hey we're going to the penis party in new york it's like holy shit it's probably this like incredible club with great music and and high people yeah it's just joey ryan sticking a lollipop in priscilla kelly's mouth and it's just like oh yeah that's not like sorry sorry it's it's an elaborate troll by joey and i appreciate that that that's like a pure shit post of a (laughs) of a show name and the the crazy thing is is I know that Joe is a big advocate of being just a venue warrior. He was really on about that last year in New Orleans. But I feel like if you're staying at a venue for one full day, Friday at the New York City Midtown Hilton is probably the best one you could do. And the show is a great way to kick off the day with that. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the matches that we got on the show. Then this is of course the U.S. versus the World show. We got Adam Brooks and Robbie Eagles versus LAX Santana and Ortiz. Rich Swan versus Misato Yoshino. David Starr versus Susumu Yusaka. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. versus Emil Stochi or Stachi. I always forget how to pronounce it. Is it? It's not. It's, I, I don't remember how to pronounce it. I, I, I was surprised that he was. I thought he was retired. I thought I so like... too. Yeah, it's a it's an, a random name in there, but uh, mm-hmm. I like it. So uh, the Rascals: Xavier Wentz and Miguel versus Red Daga. Aita and Big R Shimizu, uh, Santa Guevara versus Puma King, MJF versus Ethan Page, and then Brian Cage versus Masato Tanaka. So there's a lot to take in there. Uh, Mike, what's a match that kind of stands out to you maybe as the match you're most looking forward to? Uh, and then what's one sort of sleeper match that I announced there that maybe I glossed through real quick or maybe, you know, we're the people listening to this aren't really paying attention to but should really kick ass? Well, the match that as soon as it was announced, it took me like a minute a minute to like wrap my head around and then it became my most anticipated match of the weekend is David Starr versus Sumu Yokosuka. Like that is a match that I never thought would happen. That I mean, this is really a, a total extreme warfare ass card here. So having David Starr and Susumu on the same show and facing each other, I think that match has the potential to be the sleeper match of the weekend, but it's the match that I'm outright looking forward to because you have David Starr who is probably one of the top three promos on the Indies. He is, he's always been a solid ring wrestler, and his style is so complimentary to someone like Susumi Yokosuka, who at the time of recording this is the new Open the Brave Gate champion. And 
he is someone that for a guy of his size, he always brings it. He had an amazing open the dream gate challenge in 2017 or I'm trying to think years right now, 2017. Yeah. Against uh, Masaki Mochizuki. And he's always someone that if you put him in the ring against someone you might not be as familiar with that he always brings it. And there's just a lot of things about this match, Rich, that get me really excited. What are your thoughts about that one? No, no, I love it too. And I think a lot of there, there probably is quite a few people listening to this, or quite a few people going to WrestleMania weekend that that, that don't know about Sumo, or you know, they don't follow Dragon Gate or whatever. But he is 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 far and away one of those guys that can just when he's in there. Like there are times where Sumo's just in a match, and he's just like, yeah, he was there, and, and he did it, and whatever. But there are times when he has something to sink his teeth into, or when he's in singles matches, like the dude always delivers big. Like anytime there's a big time moment or thing. And like he's 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 great at emotion and he's great at sort of telling a story in the ring. And then there's David Starr, who I think is arguably the best sort of in-ring storyteller right now, in and out of the ring storyteller, really. Uh, we can say when you look at his promos and his tweet, like the entire package with David Starr. And you know David Starr is a guy who who is is really gonna take this as a big moment. Like he is one of those guys that 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 knows. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'd imagine that he's a guy that knows Susumu is like what he is and what he's capable of and and, and what he's done in the in, in the business. So, yeah, I, I imagine that these guys are going to go into here, hopefully, unless, you know, they're both, you know, David Starr's pissed off and Susumu doesn't feel like working. <laughs> like, there's a strong possibility that happens. It's always kind of a WrestleMania weekend thing. It's 11 a.m. Maybe they got to shake the cobwebs out. But if both these guys are into this and saying, hey, look, we are, we're two very capable workers. We're great in-ring storytellers. Let's go out there and just fucking kill it. Like, it has a chance to be incredible. Like you said, the sleeper match of the entire weekend. But yeah, that's one that like I kind of look at real quickly and gloss over, and then I go back and go, oh wait a minute, David Star versus Sumo, let's go! Like that's actually pretty fucking great. Like, and it's just yeah. kind of like a match on the show, you know what I mean? It's not the one that immediately because there's quite a few others that kind of pop out at me initially, but that's one that like yeah, I I, I kind of pass over it and then go, wait a minute, no, hold on, that's like that has just be really really good. Yeah, and with Susumu, the only thing he's ever unenthusiastic about is the natural vibe stance. So luckily, I don't think that they're going to make him do a one-man natural vibe stance where he's just going to look like he would rather be getting his teeth drilled during this. But yeah, and is a guy that, not maybe because of how long ago this was, he was someone that during the Dragon Gate UK shows kind of became the ace of that promotion mm-hmm. in a weird way, just because he had such great matches with Shingo Takagi and he just meshes very well with wrestlers that don't necessarily do the Dragon Gate house style. He's someone that he always has had some technician. He always has a little bit of being a, a technician, but more importantly, he's a guy who can throw down and throw some bombs. And David Starr over the last two years has really proven that he, he could be it. I hate using the term strong style worker, but a strike based worker. And it's just the two of them are going to be so complimentary. And it, it's a match that just that match alone sold me on this show. And yeah, then. Oh, and sorry. Just, I was going to say, while we're, while we're talking about Dragon Gates, uh, I think the, the one other match, we'll get to Swan and Yoshino. Cause I think that one is, is we'll, we'll give that a little bit more time. But uh, another one that people might kind of be glossing over a little bit is that Xavier went to Miguel uh, versus Daga, Eita and Big R Shimizu for people that don't maybe follow Dragon Gate. What can they expect with the, uh, uh, the, the red team? So R.E.D. is the current heel unit. I keep calling them red. I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, I I mean, it's one of those things that it has one of those really terrible uh, acronyms, real extreme diffusion. I have no idea what it's supposed to be. So calling it red and R.E.D., it's pretty interchangeable. But so this is the current heel unit. At the time we're recording, they they have three of the four titles in Dragon Gate. Big R Shimizu is one half of the Open the Twin Gate Champions with his 
fellow Chunky Boy tag team partner, Benke. And then they have the Triangle Gate team of... Do you know who the current Open the Triangle Gate champions are, Rich? Oh, my God. Uh, I've been following... <laughs> I don't think I do. I really don't. Yeah, oh, I'm talking... It's an all-time sleazy trio. So... And, uh, it has Kazuma Sakamoto in this trio, oh. and he is probably at this time the best worker in, of the three because the other two are the former Cyber Kong Takashi Yoshida and Yuzushi Kanda. Who, Ugh. boy, I just but, showered. <laughs> yeah, like I just showered. Come on, I, I, I'm sorry, but and, and that's a point of contrast because his first tag team partner was Susumu, and Susumu at the same age is one of the five best workers in Dragon Gate right now, and Kanda is completely washed. He's terrible. And yeah, and the thing about this RED team is that Ada and Big R Shimizu are currently in a storyline that's probably not going to be played out there. That the whole entire the whole entire Dead or Alive season coming up is about kicking people out of units. It's actually the least convoluted cage match they've done in about six years. And it's shaping up that the two of them are going to be the big focal points for RED. But the interesting person in this team is Daga because Daga started doing Dragon Gate shows last year and he had a really fun stretch on his first tour over there. It ended with a pretty fun singles match against Masaki Mochizuki. He, on his first show, he decided to do a tope to the outside where no one caught him and he just hit the ring floor because he's a weirdo. And on the other side of this, you have the Rascals who it's not really thought a lot about but they're part of strong hearts. So Rich, this is probably, and I'm just going off the top of my head, the first time that the two sides of Dragon Gate are facing off since. Oh, you're right. Split. Yeah, right, right. I never even thought of that aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, okay, this is dad's new family going up against his old family. <laughs> so, and Xavier and Wentz also did a tour of Dragon Gate before they, mm-hmm. Before the OWE split happened, they didn't have a lot of interaction with Ada. They had some interaction with Big R Shimizu, who was Maximum at the time. But this match really has the ability to be like the true Dragon Gate six-man tag that the whole weekend really needs, especially in comparison to what Gabe is putting on. So this is a match that, although they might not have as much familiarity as other Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate or Dragon System-based teams, I just have the I'm just anticipating that. It'll probably just be a crazy sprint, and I really want to see this shot put slam. I, I am going into this show to see Big R Shimizu pick up someone and just throw them to the mat as hard as he can. It's because I don't know about you, Rich, but I think the shot put slam still to this day is one of the best finishers in the oh, wrestling. Yeah, it, it's not even one of the best. It is my favorite finisher in wrestling right now. I mean, he just does it perfect. He, he, when he lifts a guy up, he just makes it look perfect. That guy usually in Dragon Gate takes it well. And like, dude, like look at the guys on the, that he's against the ring with. It's Xavier, oh, yeah. Wentz, and Miguel. Like those guys are going to jump to the fucking rafters for that thing too. So it's going to look incredible. He'll be hitting you up in the balcony <laughs> with, with that thing. So I'm super excited about that match. Yeah, that one, you said like, I think you pointed out pretty well that like in prior years we had gotten you know the the, the six-man tag in in the wwn super shows and whatnot and, like we have it this year and it looks like it'll be okay it'll be fine or whatever but this one is kind of the spiritual successor to that because it features mm-hmm. to me a little bit more of the look and feel of what those six mans used to be in prior years and 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 quite literally like a dragon gate six man you know with the dragon gate guys in there uh and then other you know top workers that can fly all over the place and just make it look incredible so yeah that match you know if everybody's got their working boots on which i really think they 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 would and they should i mean those guys understand how big of a deal it is um that's gonna be an incredible match it's really gonna stand out uh let's let's get to it down we're we're talking dragon gate now so let's get to swan and yoshino because that's you know probably 
I don't want to say my most anticipated match of the weekend, but but certainly one of my ones up there because I have never seen Masato Yoshino live, so I am oh, super wow. excited. Or maybe you know I may have one of the DGUSA uh, shows. I'm, I'm sure actually now I did, but it's been quite a while since I've seen him, so I'm I'm really excited because he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and this is a match that when we did the sign up list, I was like, okay, I should be the one talking about this show because this this is a match that has some weird some weird history because Rich Swan before he went to WWE was another Dragon Gate guy and he was pretty much tied to the hip to Masato Yoshino during his time period there he uh, came in during the uh, big Junction 3 versus Blood Warriors feud when both members of Junction 3 and then Rich Swan became a member of World 1 International which was the pink version of World 1 International and the two of them teamed up I I know Swan was Swan was an open triangle gate champion during his time, but his team, his partner, I believe was uh Sachi Hoko boy and maybe uh, either Doi or Yoshino. But this is a match that Masato Yoshino is one of those wrestlers that when you see live, I've seen him live about five times now, he completely blows your mind because how he looks like on screen with how fast he is, is, comp- is a, it's a complete illusion. Because when you see him live, it's even more ridiculous. And he's been one of the uh, sne- he's been the big pillar of Dragon Gate post Shima. He's kind he's one of the higher ups in Dragon Gate now. And this is just a match that there's just a whole lot to it, and it has a lot of layers to it. And I'm excited for that. And this is the first time Swan has had an opportunity against a true Dragon Gate guy outside of opportunities he might have had against Akira Tozawa in WWE so yeah no this is a match that has a lot to offer as well so I can't confirm that I have actually never uh, never seen him live because the did USA show that I went to he was actually not on so oh, really yeah so I mean they ran a few times in Chicago but the only one that I unfortunately went to because I was an idiot and didn't go to the prior DGUSA shows I kind of fallen out of wrestling for a little mm-hmm. bit there uh and and uh kind of came back uh you know when this website started kind of ramping up a little bit um yeah, the one I went to, he uh, he was not on, unfortunately, which sucks. Because now I'm like, oh man, like that would have been incredible to see uh, old uh, Yoshino. So yeah, no, so this will be my first time seeing him live. So I'm super excited. And Swan's a guy who who I really love his work as well. And 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 yeah, like you said, there's that DG connection as well. I mean, this this even though it is WrestleCon USA versus the world, it just really feels to me, and and it's probably why you're on here. It feels like oh, the yeah. most Dragon Gate ish of these shows. And and Dragon Gate's obviously one of my favorite wrestling companies, uh, despite the fact that I go you know months without watching it because <laughs> it just happens. Like it's just it's kind of the Dragon Gate the, thing, the, but. Uh, they have the worst service in the world. I yeah, don't blame you. Yeah, I just like fall out for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Dragon Gate. And then I'll like go and watch, you know, for two weeks straight. That's all I watch is Dragon Gate. And then I fall out again for six months and repeat that going on. But like, it does feel like the most authentic one. Cause yeah, even the guys that you don't think are Dragon Gate guys anymore, like, yeah, the Rascals, you obviously think of them in, a, a, as doing a bunch of other stuff. Swan, you think of him as doing a bunch of other stuff. But like, Swan, yeah, has that connection to Dragon Gate. The Rascals have that connection. And that's sort of what you said. The show, a lot of what's going on in the show, everything that's booked is booked with some sort of semblance. It's not just, mm-hmm. hey, that'd be cool if Swan faced Yoshino. It's like, no, Swan has a background in Dragon Gate. Yoshino was one of his, you know, the, his closest allies there. Like, that's perfect. Let's book these guys. So it's not just, it might on its face feel like just a random collection of matches, but it's not. Like, everything sort of means something and has uh, some sort of meaning. And then there's also Brian Cage versus Masato Tanaka. So oh, I'm excited about this match, Rich. I know you, you joke about it. I'm hoping that Brian Cage turns out to be like Mike Awesome and we yes. get like a rematch of that. That's what I'm hoping out of this match. I don't know about you. Uh, absolutely. You know, that that's like, this is one that's random, but I don't care because like, 
if Brian Cage has any sort of semblance of history and no and knows his old school wrestling, which I I, I think he probably does, I gotta imagine he's out there just tossing Tanaka through tables. I don't mm-hmm. know, and, and like you would say that you would think, like you would think that no, 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 Masato Tanaka's older and wiser, and nah, he, no, his ass is gonna totally just go through a bunch of tables, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. He still takes chair shots to the head. That's what I mean. Like he's just he don't he. he I don't know why. Like he shouldn't. You think like if you if you showed somebody a tape of of any of those awesome Tanaka matches, even the one night mm-hmm. stand one. But like really, if you went back to nineteen ninety nine, you would say, "What do you think this man is doing these days?" And you'd either say that nah, he's he's definitely like paralyzed or he's barely wrestling or whatever. But he's fine. Like Masato Tanaka is exactly like he was twenty years ago, which it, is incredible. It's insane. It, it, it's insane. He, the only way you can tell that he's aged is by counting up the various gig marks he has across his head <laughs> but yeah no like this match in a lot of ways is that 1999 ecw match and i think that's also kind of attests to the variety of this us versus the world card because we just spent about 10 minutes talking about these great dragon system like matches then we have something here which could basically be that on a weekend that's having a lot of people from ecw this might be the best match involving people from ecw so it, it's insane. Whoever at high spots was in charge of this card really needs to like, be given the book for future weekends because I look at this match and it's insane. We have Simi Guevara versus Puma King. They've only faced off once in Mexico, but that has a lot of potential because Puma King is a great base for Sammy Guevara. And he's kind of like Sammy is a guy that is in AAA a lot and Puma King now does some AAA stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if Puma King ends up in AEW down the line, and of course, Simi Guevara is a part of that as well. So yeah, like there's just a lot of matches that take a little bit to think about, and then you're like, oh no, this should fucking own. Like, let's go, let's do this. Yeah, and, and you alluded a little bit at the top too, like MJF and Ethan Page is not like your work rate match, but I think it's a nice collection of two dudes that are awesome on the mic, two dudes that are great kind of character workers. And yeah, in, in any other card on this weekend, like a lot of times you'd book MJF versus like Masato Tanaka for like no reason mm-hmm. whatsoever. And it's going to like bring both those guys down or you'd have Ethan Page versus Puma King for no fucking reason, just because like you're trying to fill out your card, but it's perfect. Like, yeah, you, the rest of this card has a bunch of guys that are pretty good workers. It also has Brian Pillman versus Bill Sushi, but that's all right. It's got that's yeah, cool. that's like, something. That's, that's a match. That's a match featuring two people. But um, <laughs> everything else is 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 like I, I mean, pretty much everything else. Even the Brooks uh, Robbie Eagles LAX, which we kind of glossed over. I mean, that has potential to be good. Swan Yoshino has the potential to be good. Star versus Sumo has the potential to be great. Rascals and and Red has the potential to be very good. Guevara and Puma King, perfect. Cage and Mata- uh, Masato Tanaka again, like has a chance to be just fucking crazy. And then like you look at MJF and Ethan Page, and like no, I don't think that match is going to be good in terms of like a work rate. I'm using kind of quotes. They're good. But, like, there's no doubt that I'm going to be laughing and entertaining as hell because, like, that's going to be sort of the popcorn match in between these awesome in-ring stuff. And that's oh, where, yeah. it's like, that's why the show just kind of hits the perfect chords because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to book MJF against a good worker because that's a waste of MJF and a good worker. I'm going to book MJF versus Ethan Page, and these guys are incredible characters. And these guys are incredible mic. He has incredible mic skills and are going to have a super fun match that's going to be a nice little break between all the incredible stuff going on in between it. So I'm really looking forward to that match, too, on a weird level. Yeah, and, and I'll go on record here as an Ethan Page defender. He's someone that's got himself, I don't know how recently you've seen him, he's really got himself into some great he shape. No, he definitely has. And he's one of the better low-key brawlers in wrestling. Like, his the, the tail end of his Evolve run where he had a notice qualification match against Chuck Taylor, which was, I guess, 2017, because that was when Chuck was there, was actually a really great match. So, I mean, these two can just do character work, and then Ethan Page can start slugging MJ... F in the mouth like that's great like it's a popcorn match as you said and 
I guess the Brian Pillman Jr. versus Emil Satoshi match is the other one that I have. That's the one match that I just have no clue what's going to happen. And to be honest, my interest on that on that on the zero to ten scale is a two. Yeah, let's just hope it's quick because yeah, yeah, Pillman is. Uh... He's young. He looks like his dad. Yeah. yeah like, he's uh, yeah, he's a guy that I think, like, I, I think there's a lot of potential in him. It's just a lot too soon with, with me. Like, getting pumped up right away to MLW right now to, like, national TV and all that sort of stuff. It's just, like, if this guy, if you if he kind of, like, popped up on the indies and was just sort of working around the country and around the world for another two or three years or whatever, I could absolutely see it. But, like, right mm-hmm. now he's learning on the job and he's learning while we're all watching him. And and that's that's a lot to handle, too. And, and, and yeah, you can sort of see it that it's like, ah, it's not great. But, you know, this could be a good opportunity for him this weekend, you know, with these guys. And, 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 and again, like in any other card, they probably would have booked like Pillman versus Yoshino or something like that. It's like, yeah. no, like, don't, do, no, like, don't do that. Like, you could maybe lie to yourself and say, that, yeah, yeah, Yoshino will pull a good match out of him or whatever. Maybe he would, like, whatever. But like, again, it, it, in this show, it's just like, no, instead of the guys that aren't super workers, we're going to put them together and all the super workers are going to kind of be together. And it's like, yes, this is, this is WrestleMania weekend, guys. Like, this, this match, so to me, it, it exemplifies what WrestleMania weekend used to be and should be because it's just, it, I, I think it just hits it. It hits all the right chords. Like I said, it's great in ring matches. The character workers are against each other. And it's this fun, unique, real, true first time ever, true, you know, sort of special matches that you wouldn't see anywhere else. So I think that really does work. Yeah, absolutely. And, I just did a little bit of a search on Emil Satoshi because I remember mostly showing up in IWA Mid-South and Shakara in the early 2000s. Yeah. But, but let me give you th- this card and match, and I just want your response to this. Oh, no. All right. This is from Halloween 2009. It is a World 1 tag team of BB Hulk and Naruki Doi alongside Zack Sabre versus the, uh, the tag team of Emil Satoshi and Real Hazard version of Ginky Horiguchi and Ryo Saito. Wow. Huh. <laughs> what <Yeah>. the hell? <laughs> WXW Dragon Gate opened the German Gate 2009. That sounds oh. actually awesome. <laughs> actually, yeah. I've into that a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's just one of those weird things. It's like, okay, so it's 2009, so we have World 1 versus Real Hazard. Yeah. yeah. Ginky Horiguchi and Ryo Saito, which is one of the 10 best tag teams in Dragon System history. And then you have Zack Sabre Jr. and Emil Satoshi. Yeah, all, all like 102 pounds of Zack Sabre Jr. at oh, that God. point, too. Yeah. And he had the emo cut at that yes, time. He had period. the terrible emo hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm here for that. That sounds actually incredible. So, yeah. Some of those WXW shows, uh, those WXW, like early WXW shows, like they were just like booking like these incredible match- matches and incredible shows, but like they're be- they look better in 2019 than I'm sure they did in like 2010 or whatever. Because they're booking like yeah. all the guys that are awesome now, but like then they were all like 15 years old or whatever. It's just like you know, it's like Pete Dunn versus Zack Saber Jr. You're like, wow, that's awesome. But you're like, oh wait, Pete Dunn's like 16 and Zack Saber Jr. is like 19 year old. He's like 102 pounds. It, like oh, maybe that's not that good. But yeah, before we move on, I found another one of these WXW cards <laughs> that's blowing my mind that involves actually one, two, three, four people on this uh, U.S. versus the World show. You want to hear this card? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right. So this is Dragon Gate opened the German Gate 2010. It was on September 12, 2010 at the Turban Hall in Oberhausen. Singles match. Tommy N defeats Dragon Kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Singles match. Masato Yoshino defeats Emil Satoshi. Singles match. Bad Bones defeats Brody Lee. Singles match. Hawk defeats BB Hulk. Oh shit! <laughs> Singles match. Shima defeats Mark Mark Haskins. And now this is that's the undercard. 
And all five of those matches are interesting in one vein or one way or other. Here's the meat of the card tag team match Walter and Susumu Yokosuka versus Cyber Kong and Shingo. Oh my God. <laughs> WXW Unified World Title match Zack Saber Jr. defeats Misaki Mochizuki. And the main event of Yamato defeating Naruki Doi. How oh, insane yeah. was this card nine years ago? <laughs> right. And like it, the the thing is, like, some of those matches probably suck. like Tommy Yen's probably bad or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I, I don't know if I saw much of him in that time period. But yeah, some of those WXW shows in particular, you go back and look. Like, A, they had to have lost their ass on these shows. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but you have eight Dragon Gate guys on this card. <laughs> right. Let me tell you at this time, Dragon Gate was not paying those tickets. They were not buying these tickets out there. So, yeah, no, they lost their ass on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. You see some of those, and you're just like, man, like, I'm glad they're yeah. still around. And, like, yeah, I I, I wonder if those are up on, on their, uh, the streaming service, the WXW streaming service. I never actually dug, dug into, like, the archives uh, of that streaming service to see what's up there. But uh, maybe I should should do that because there's a lot of fun little stuff there. I can see if these these matches these matches and shows are actually as good as they uh they look on paper, but uh, anyway, yeah, let's let's uh, kind of put a cap on this U.S. versus the world again. Uh, Friday, April fifth, eleven a.m. from the New York City Hilton Midtown. Brian Cage, Masato Tanaka, MJF, Ethan Page, Sammy Guevara versus Puma King, uh, the Rascals versus R.E.D., uh, Brian Pillman Jr. versus Emil Stachi, um, or Stochi or whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. David Starr versus Susumu, uh, Rich Swan versus Masato Yoshino, Adam Brooks and Robbie Eagles versus LAX. That is WrestleCon US versus the world. All right, Mike, let's move on to Joey Janela's Spring Break 3, Part 2, The Greatest Clusterfuck Saturday, April 6th, 11.59 p.m., White Eagle Hall, New Jersey. Tickets are sold out completely, uh, but you can watch it live on Fight TV's uh, Game Changer Wrestling Collective package. Confirmed talent for the show, Necro Butcher, Mantar, Jeff Farmer, Rick Morton, <laughs> Ricky Morton. I don't, know, I don't know why I said Rick Morton. Rick He'll Morton. come out as Richard Morton. Maybe he can come Richard. out as Richard Morton of uh, yeah. the York Foundation. Uh, Robert Gibson, Bogus Sting. So apparently Jeff Farmer, <laughs> Bogus Sting. So I mean, double booked. Good for him. I guess so. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know if that's an error by our uh, calculation or if uh, Joey is 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 confirming Jeff Farmer <laughs> and Bogus Sting will be there, which is not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, to just double dip, uh, yeah. considering the the cost for. Do, do the old Del Wilkes double dip. I don't blame him. They don't money blame Jeff Farmer at all for, yeah, for yeah. getting eliminated from the clusterfuck oh. code backstage, washing them face off and coming out of Jeff Farmer. Right. Uh, do you know what Jeff Farmer is doing nowadays? Uh, I was going to say, like, he sounds like a personal trainer guy or something like that now, right? No, I'm going to blow your mind here because this is apparently what I do on these shows. Is I just find weird things <laughs> and then we talk about for 10 minutes. Yes. Jeff Farmer is the current research manager at the University of Miami Rasmus Schools of uh, Oceanography. What? No, he's not. Search Jeff Farmer, University of <laughs> Miami right now. It can't I, be the same Jeff Farmer. Okay, I'm doing it yeah. right now. Jeff Jeff Farmer, University of Miami. Okay, it came as like an autocorrect. <laughs> that's, that's not good. <laughs> Uh oh boy, let's see here. Jeff Farmer. Okay. Um I'll see that didn't load a picture because I'm I'm not I'm not I have not seen a picture about this. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. I, I can you confirm this is the same Jeff Farmer? Oh my god, it is. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, he's such a nerd now. What the hell? It's wild, isn't it? I found a photo and he's got he's just like a nerd with glasses that looks yeah. smart. Like he looks like yes, he is indeed the uh whatever the director of oceanography or whatever. How do you do that? How do you change from that to that? Like it's wild. It blew my mind because when 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 he was announced, I I naturally wondered what has Jeff Farmer done ever since he stopped doing the NWO Sting things in New Japan. And oh, apparently he works for the University of Miami, where I'm a proud alumnus. Like it's wild. God, oh my god. I wonder what, wonder what kind of shape he's in. He looks like a man that still keeps himself in some right. 
like you can't be like you can't be that guy who kept himself in shape for his entire life and like it either goes two ways you're mm-hmm. either like you either just gain like 100 pounds immediately or 200 pounds immediately and you just like you go the ahmed johnson route where you're like cool i'm not working out anymore i'm just going to become as big as a house or you just always stay in like minor good shape or whatever so yeah that that's um hmm. you become a weightlifting dad right exactly that's kind of what he dad. looks like here yeah. yeah i'm looking um I'm on his LinkedIn page. I'm really in the wormhole now, so I'm just going to back away until I get a little weird there. But wow, you have blown my mind there with the... Yeah, it's insane. And I think this is my third year of doing something Joey Janela related for the site. So it's been a weird history for me and Joey Janela Spring Break. So I was at the second one. And let me tell you, you do it once and you're good for life. Because midnight... (laughs) After the uh, MSG show, imagine trying to get all the way down there and then just how drunk everyone is because the next day I had one of those hangovers that the best way to describe it was an existential crisis hangover because that's what Joey Janela's spring break shows are. I remember seeing (laughs) Joe Lance on my way out and Joe Lance was like, Spears, are you okay? And I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> this is terrible i know that and the, the worst is like you know like oh, even yeah. when you're drunk in the night like you have fun but then you're just like god damn it i'm gonna definitely pay for this like i haven't drank water in like eight hours <laughs> like i'm gonna go to bed and i'm gonna sleep okay but at 2 a.m i'm gonna wake up with a fucking crippling headache i'm gonna be throwing up like yeah it's one of the, i know those existential hangover hangovers and it's like you're just like you just want to die you're just it's- like you know what would be better is if i just died right now like Mike, right now my liver is being pickled and I'm done here. And you know what's the, the worst thing about like these shows is it's not the shows themselves, even though last year's clusterfuck was way too long. The worst thing is the next morning where you have to where you decide to go sit in the crowd at a dopey mid, uh, midday noon progress show. And like two, two matches in, you're like, I got to get out of here. Aaron Taub, let's go get some barbecue. Like that's the only thing you can do during these shows afterwards. But the card itself, for what we know, is really Joey Janela-ish, I could say. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I, I mentioned kind of the uh, the talent there. You got Necro Butcher, Mantar, Jeff Farmer, uh, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, uh, Bogus Sting. We'll do Jeff Farmer slash Bogus Sting in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> get again, you know, you can double. Farmer did some other stuff besides, you know, NWO Sting. So he could, he could, you know, he could do some stuff here. But uh, otherwise, on the show, you have L.A. Park versus Masato Tanaka. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, of course, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, I mentioned, versus LAX. So I, could, I guess I can move them out off the confirmed talent because we actually <laughs> have a match of them now, too. So there you go. They are now removed from confirmed talents. Uh, and then the Greatest Clusterfuck, we have Paro, S.A. Rios, and Eric Cannon so far announced officially for the Greatest Clusterfuck. I would imagine Jeff Farmer Bogus thing probably finds their way there. I'd imagine Mantar does. I'd imagine we hopefully get some more matches. But, Mike, as of this recording, we have those three matches. So we have yeah. LA Park versus Masano Tanaka, the Rock and Roll Express versus LAX, and the Greatest Clusterfuck. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a little lacking for, for what we have so far. But I'll say that for what we know, this is very much a Joey Janela produce show. Yes. Like LA Park versus Masato Tanaka. That as a match of its own, it was the only thing on the Joey Janela uh, category shows that piqued my interest because I don't know what happened this year. I don't know if it's with his video guy moving to Stanford, going to the New York territory, or just because of how big of an elaborate production this whole collective thing is, but is it just me or is the shine kind of off the Joey Janela produce shows? A, a little bit. And I think a part of it is, and, and we've talked about it in a lot of these previews is that like everybody else is doing the Joey Janela thing. 
you know, this, yeah. this, this weekend where everyone's got like, ah, it's like this funny guy versus that funny guy, or like this really good guy versus this funny guy, or like, hey, this attitude era guy versus this funny guy. So I think that kind of plays a, a, a part in it. And I think, it, you know, the talent wise, it, it's probably a little bit tougher than it's ever been to try to get people because, mm-hmm. like, the good thing with the Janela spring break is that it would be this blend of like, hey, there's a lot of really good indie talent. Oh, and here's like these attitude era guys that you never thought about or whatever. But that's kind of become now sort of invoke, you know, with, with yeah. you know, Black Label Pro kind of dug PCO out of the, the, the grave or whatever. And then Janela sort of, you know, turned him into a, a superstar. And then Ring of Honor just like fucking signed him. And now he's like their tag champion. You know what I mean? Like, so like, and people have done that. Like, you know, you have uh, AIW with Scott Steiner. Like Scott Steiner would be a guy that would normally pop up on one of these shows now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's obviously doing this thing. And like, you have the... You know, the Black Little Pro show, as I mentioned, is is, is is kind of feels similar to the Joey Janela thing. You have the penis party that feels similar to the Joey Janela thing. You have, you know, Orange Cassidy's produce show now that's going on that feels kind of so- similar where this felt like at a time, you know, when it first started two years ago was like a completely unique, different approach of like, aha, it's a funny dragon. Like, because you would have Kaiju Big Battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, this was like a real wrestling show that was funny. It's like, aha, yeah, everything else was serious and everything else was kind of like, this is our show and this is the best foot forward. And now people, because the talent's gone, now all, you know, it's, it feels like you know every night every single segment feels like they have one of these sort of haha here's funny guys against each other shows so that you do lose a little bit from these spring breaks and then this one i feel like you know the first i i think part one is a little bit better than the clusterfuck one this mm-hmm. clusterfuck one feels very much like a clusterfuck at this point i think one of the problems is that this one doesn't feel ultimately like anything special i wonder if he had kept things to one show and and because if we combine this card with the one that they have for part one, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty good show. I feel like we're not talking as down, but this one because I feel like he's like, oh fuck, like I gotta come up with four more matches, I gotta come up with ten more guys to get in this cluster. Fuck, like I think that's probably becoming an issue a little bit as well. Is that you know splitting the shows into two in a weekend where there's already a bunch of other sort of copycats feels and, and makes it feel kind of watered down too. And 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 really like you mentioned that top and like people are you know we're we're production nerds so we're gonna care about that and mm-hmm. we're kind of marketing nerds we're gonna care about that. Losing you know the, the video guy is a huge 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 deal because remember back to last year those announcements would come out and this incredible video would come out and that would just be Twitter for like four hours was like people losing their goddamn mind about this Joey Janela video and this announcement. And that's just not happened this year. There's been one video that was pretty good, but those were the backbone of these shows were those videos and those tweets and, and, and that sort of publicity that way. And that's just not happening this year. Yeah. I mean, my favorite video thing with the exception of David Starr's most recent anti uh, Sinclair broadcast group promo was the video for Nick Gage versus Penta. That was the most, that was the most, enlightened and smart way of tapping into a wrestling zeitgeist that I've ever seen. And this year we're not having it, but we also have someone like Necro Butcher. Now, Rich, how much have you kept up with Necro Butcher since he retired? Uh, quite a bit, actually, because we had, okay. um, like, shockingly, I had, like, Facebook messages with him, which is the weirdest thing. Uh, what did you talk to Necro Butcher okay. so <laughs> No, no. So, like, Jared Goldberg wrote uh, an article about Necro Butcher, quite a few articles uh, on Voices of Wrestling, and, like, I have no idea. Someone shared it with him, and somehow he found out that I manage Voices of Wrestling. So he like messaged me on Facebook. He's like, "Thank you so much. I really needed that. Like that was really you know great." And then like we just started like talking on Facebook Messenger for a little yeah. bit. And I was like, "All right, like yeah, cool, man. Like I'm glad you enjoyed it." I'm like, "Hey, JR's the guy that wrote it. Like go 
definitely talked to because he kept like talking to me about like oh it really made me and he, he kept like pouring his heart out to me and i was like look I, I i i'm glad like i'm a fan of yours but like jr like adores you and he's the one that wrote it i'm like you should really go message him instead of me like i, I didn't want to be an asshole but i was just like no man like jr would love to hear from you i'm sure mm -hmm. he would like eat this up or whatever and then he just kind of disappeared and he never talked to me again but there was like five hours straight where he was he was like going back and forth with me uh, on, on on Facebook and he was just like I really needed this like I go through depression I'm like dude yeah like I, I get it like that's you know but it was yeah I, I know that he's he's had a roughish life um outside of wrestling but I think he's got himself together I think so yeah he was someone that the big internet rumor was that he made a lot of money during the daily fantasy boom back with like fame duel and all of that and he has kind of disappeared there was a rumor that he was a groundskeeper for a minor league baseball team which was very much in his thing but he's he's a guy that now that he's back on this show he's someone that like pco like i'm trying to think of the, the really good poll that he did on the first year but this is like the most joey janela thing is him somehow talking necro butcher out of retirement on this show and i'm just hoping that we get to see a I, i'm hoping that he is someone that has had a hard life and some hard matches i'm hoping that it that he's still able to kind of bring back a little bit of the Necro Butcher mystique because this is a show that probably has the most folk heroes of wrestling on it when you look at it because you have Necro Butcher, you have L.A. Park, who that was a guy last year when I went to the Crash show was just like seeing a god in a lot of ways. And you have Rock and Roll Express, who were gods to certain parts of the United States when it, back in the 80s. Right, right, right. So it's kind of wild to have all these people on the show. And again, we don't know how much about it. I wonder what kind of LA Park versus Masato Tanaka match we're going to get, Rich, because LA Park is someone who will say, fuck you, pay me more money. But he's also someone who will decide to destroy the White Eagle Hall in New Jersey. So that has a lot of potential, I think. Yeah, I was wondering. I mean, th this show, especially since it's so like late in, <laughs> in mm -hmm. the night, like, right. and you went last year. Did like everybody was everybody still had like their working boots on, or were like even the workers a little tired or exhausted? Especially it being Saturday now, because like now this is like become, you know, a Saturday night show. In prior years, would not be too much, but man, like like oh, some people are are going off already on Wednesday. Like, but really, like Thursday's a packed day, Friday's a packed day, and Saturday by Saturday at fucking midnight. Like, man, if I'm a worker, I'm like, dude, like I don't know, man, I'm exhausted. But I guess that there a lot of the guys working here are not gonna be working a bunch of other times mm -hmm. uh, throughout the weekend. And I think that maybe is, is, and that might be playing a part in why we don't have a bunch of announcements for this as well. Is it, it's possible that like Janelle is calling guys and they're like, nah, dude, I just want to like sleep for a minute. Like, sure. Like I'd like to make money, but like, I already have like seven bookings this weekend. And, and, and that, I don't know if that's a part of it too. Cause like you said, a lot of the people that are um, booked for this are just like folk hero guys right now, but mm -hmm. none of like kind of the current um, other than Santana Ortiz, but they're not even booked a ton of other places uh, that entire weekend, but everybody else kind of feels unique. Yeah, and at, going to your question, I was there that I was there last year. It was a night that this is hard for me to remember because this is what makes me get old. You forget things. Uh, that was a night that I went to four different wrestling shows because it just was completely, it just was an insane night. And as people who were there could attest, I was not in very good shape either. But the, <laughs> That uh, see, I, I think I, I think you're blaming WrestleMania weekend on your problems. <laughs> I mean, if you were watching the Lanza Lens on the Patreon side I, at that point, because I'll I'll peel back the the curtain a little bit. This was the weekend that I discovered the Dragon Gate split happened that night, and the way I discovered it was just old fashioned. 
journalism slash, okay, I'm going to drink with a wrestler for a little bit. So <laughs> it just was like this. But the wrestlers on the show, I mean, PCO versus Walter was an incredible match right, that, right. that I feel like held up. But then you also had things where the clusterfuck went incredibly long. And then the main event with Joey Janela versus Great Sasuke started at 3, 3 a.m., <laughs> went went 20 minutes oh i remember i watched it on on, on demand and I, you oh, could God. hear the crowd like every near fall you could hear the crowd just be like oh my god like, we, we got the entrance we're good man just mm-hmm. pin them and let's go home like it's fine and that wasn't it after the match they had to do like a 20 minute promo in the ring and great sasuke had to had to sing bon jovi I, we did not get out of that venue until about 4 a.m <sighs> that night so yeah i I don't blame wrestlers working this weekend who Joey has reached out to for the show said, let's talk the day of, but because just with how this is positioned, it's positioned at a really weird time. Like usually the Janela show is earlier in the weekend and it's before everyone's really beat up. And I mean, this is the night before mania, whereas last year it was on a Friday night and not Saturday. And that completely changes the whole complexion of this. And, and like how you said, this is probably why, Night one feels more like a true Joey Janela produce show. And this one feels like, oh, we still have the venue. Okay, I'll put on another show then. Right, yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at this, and I, I think it's probably for the purposes of this sort of preview, because there's not much else to talk about with part two. I mean, we, we kind of mentioned the card, and it's a clusterfuck, so, mm-hmm. uh, which is a battle royal, by the way, for people that don't know. It's just kind of like a... A very a long one. Yes, like a Royal Rumble-style battle royal that, yeah, it, it last year's was very long. Hopefully, Joey knows that and 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 repairs it this year and goes a little bit quicker. But uh, just to give me an idea, and like I, I truly believe that like if you had put these part one and part two together like we're talking about a very fun show like a really good show a show that feels complete and feels all the way it's the split that makes it a little bit weird here where maybe it's it, it's kind of biting off more that you can chew because so you got the night one which of course t- taking place at 8 p.m uh it's on friday like you said uh certain uh it's it's after takeover well takeover is gonna be at 6 15 so it'll be a, a, not immediately after takeover uh but you know kind of bleeding in a little bit to take over but i feel like it's a very different crowd the people that are going to chanel's right break. it doesn't matter it's sold out anyway so obviously people are going uh it's on fight tv also, Fight TV uh, uh, collective package. Again, we're not going to do a huge preview because we're going to do that in another segment here. But um, you have freaking Onita, who, I mean, come on, right there off the top. Yeah. You have Onita. You got Masao Tanaka against Slim J, Australian Suicide, uh, Unbreakable Andy, Janela himself, uh, Jake Atlas, Shane Mercer, A Kid. Uh, you have a death match with the Masashi Takeda versus Jimmy Lloyd, uh, Sanjiro Otani versus Nick Gage. Uh, and then uh, the battle for Ethan Page, soul indignity as a wrestler and a human being, Ethan Page versus question mark. So uh, you have that, and then you combine that with, like I said, the sort of ironic matches of L.A. Park and 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 Masato Tanaka. I guess you can move. Yeah, well, Masato Tanaka is just listed as a confirmed talent there. You can mm-hmm. easily put him uh, on that thing. The Rock and Roll Express can easily go onto that. The Clusterfuck can be on that show. Yeah, that show might go a little bit long, and that might be a more complete show. But to me, like, it, splitting the two is maybe, I, I don't know. Hopefully, like, I Joey you know deserves the benefit of the doubt because the first spring break despite it being really long and i understand that like all the ones are been a little bit longer a little over the top like but still i've enjoyed them on their face like, i still have enjoyed the shows and i think they've been pretty good shows and well booked so he has the benefit of the doubt in that case where like i'm gonna go into this weekend thinking okay both these shows are probably gonna be pretty good we'll see but it, it does feel like maybe they stretch themselves a little too thin by doing the two parts yeah and i mean they were the ones who rented this venue like this is gcw really putting this on there so of course they're going to go to their biggest money maker and say hey put on another show here and sure. it it's just one of those things that i look at the crowds like we're not i'm not gonna get too much into part one 
Joey Janela and GCW is a real dirtbag kind of promotion in the good way. So there's there's not going to be a lot of crossover there. But if you combine the two cards, you probably have one of the top four cards of the weekend. And and now as it is, this is a show that down the line I'll buy the VOW of and be like, okay, I've already gone through all my Dragon Gate stuff I have to watch. Whatever's going on in AEW I've taken care of. My Lucha stuff, AAA doesn't have anything going on here. I, I guess I'll watch this show. And I feel like with what's advertised, that's is the highest recommendation I can give it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I don't know that I'm gonna go there live. Well, obviously it's sold out on yeah. tickets, so I'm probably not going there live, but this is one that like I given where it's placed, like I feel like I'm probably just gonna be kind of burnt out at that point. Uh, of that weekend so this strikes me as one that like absolutely 100 like when i get home uh maybe even that sunday as i'm kind of just doing nothing if it's up on vod i might just go and, and, and check it out or like yeah while i'm doing something else it's on in the background because that's sort of and that's to their credit they feel sort of evergreen in a, in a sense like i can watch joe janela spring break part two uh, five weeks after wrestlemania weekend and still feel mm-hmm. like i'm getting what i need out of it and still enjoy it for what it, it what it is but feel like i don't necessarily especially this part one uh, part two doesn't feel like i need to be in the moment or need to watch it right at that moment so it, it it's weird in that sense where it's got like you said a weird timing at the you know really the tail end of the weekend and not a whole lot announced right now but i mean i'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because I, I i think it's still gonna be pretty good but yeah. i wonder how Maybe how like necessary it is this weekend of that set. Like I'm not trying to be mean about it, but it's just like uh, you know it maybe felt like it was just a little too much. And I'm sure if you asked Joey, he might agree as well that like hey, I'd much rather just book one show and 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 book all the talent for one show versus having to split people between two shows and whatnot, and and especially at the end of the weekend. So I feel like we're being harsh on it, even though like I I think we both think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's just it's it's just tough right now to know without you know a ton of confirmed talent and and, and a ton of matches. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting doing a compare contrast between that U.S. versus the World show where. You U.S. versus the world, we know virtually everything. There's one more match to be announced. Please put Shun Skywalker on the show. But this show, we know three things, and we don't know everything about those three things. So I give Joey the benefit of the doubt. There's only one of his produce shows that I thought was outright bad, being the New York one. But this one, I mean, you have L.A. Park versus Masato Tanaka. That's a crazy match. That's a match that could potentially bring out the best of both people in that. So... Although we're being critical, I feel like it's fair criticism. And again, Joey Janela deserves the benefit of the doubt, I feel like. Absolutely. No, and that, I think this is the big takeaway is that, you know, trust trust Joey until he until he violates our trust by having just an absolute stinker then 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 right. maybe. But uh he hasn't done it yet, so I'm still looking forward to that. So again, uh Joey Janela's a spring break three. Part two, the greatest cluster fun. So, <laughs> want to make sure I got it all perfect. Uh, Saturday, April eleven fifty. Yeah, does not roll off the tongue whatsoever. He's just he, I, like of all people. Like I understand. Like I like numbering shows, mm-hmm. but this might be one where you just say Joe Janela Spring Break. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be. You know, WrestleMania should still have the numbers because it's like. But I guess Joey wants. You know, maybe at one point it's going to be Joey Janela Spring Break thirty five, and we're going to all be like, I'm glad they still gave all the numbers. So we'll see what happens. That man, imagine a world where they're like in thirty years, they're still Joey Janela Spring Breaks. That's. Uh, I'm here well, for that world. I like that world. Well, I'm imagining first off that that's after global warming is going to get us. So it'll be taking place in the lost city of Atlanta. <laughs> of course. Water, and probably somehow it'll be like 80-year-old L.A. Park versus 60-year-old uh, Brian Cage in the main event. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who like who's like 19 now or who's like 20 years old now that's going to be like Flamita. an already wrestler at that point. <laughs> like Flamita will be 47. Uh, no, Flamita <laughs> will be like... 40 we 55 there he'll definitely be a rip mask lucha brawler at that point right oh yeah i mean like, he's, he's already training that way so that boy's gotten thick yes yes like it's, like he, he's he's already getting ready for that career path which is is, is not a bad career path but i mean mid-breath clothes there's only so many things you can do now 
<laughs> anyway, Saturday, April 6th, Joey Jello Spring Break 3 Part 2. Uh, start time, 11.59, of course, from White Eagle Hall, New Jersey. If you don't have tickets, well, forget it, because tickets are sold out, and I don't think they're releasing anymore. Uh, live stream is going to be available via fights, via the uh, uh, GCW Collective package. All right, Mike, before we say goodbye, uh, you want to get any of your plugs out of the way where people can follow you on where they can read and listen to some of your work. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Rich. It was great to do our third edition of What the Hell Joey Janela is Doing. <laughs> this has become almost like a holiday for Voices of Wrestling in a weird way. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Fujiheya. That is two eyes, like Don Fuji himself. He would be on the 30th anniversary of Joey Janela. Oh, for break. sure. Yeah, he's like 90 years old. Or whatever. <laughs> His hair looks the exact same. But he's yeah, he hasn't changed. Like, he looks pretty much the same. And he's still going to do a freaking, you know, move off the top rope and he might die, but that's fine. Like, that, you know, you, you go out there, you go out on top, you know, yeah, at, yeah. at you know, Spring Break 35. So, Joey, I know you're listening to, you listen to us. But this is what you should do book at Joey Janela Spring Break 33, Don Fuji versus Stalker Ichikawa. Just trust <laughs> me. Put it in Joey. now. Yeah put it in there but yeah you can find me on twitter there at fujihaya i am probably the person that clogs up the voices of wrestling podcast feed the most i have two shows the first one is open the voice gate which is a near monthly look and account into the dragon system so mainly dragon gate stuff but i do touch on owe wherever strong hearts appears i leave shingo takagi and akira tozawa to do their own thing because they're dead to me but the other program that I've done, and it's actually been one of my favorite things to do, is Everything Elite. I do that with Aaron Bentley and Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. And that it's been interesting to do because it's kind of looking into the run-up and the eventual debut of All Elite Wrestling. That show comes out every week, and it's only about an hour each time. And it's a it's a good time. I mean, we often get, get off onto tangents and bantering, so it's a good time. So, yeah, it's been a blast doing this with, with you, Rich. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike, again, for joining us on our annual trip through uh, Janela's mind and, <laughs> and and conscious. And then, of course, U.S. versus the world. But yeah, Mike, thank you very much. Of course, you want to listen to Everything Elite and the Open the Voice Gate here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Mike, thank you so much, and you have a good one. You too. All right, and we'll continue on with the WrestleMania weekend previews. But before we do that, I do want to let you know again that this episode, this multi-part series, is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. And hiring is challenging, but there is one place where you can go that it is no longer challenging. It is, in fact, simple, it's fast, and it's smart. It's a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As the applications roll in, ZipRecruiter will analyze each one and spotlight the top candidates so you will never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80%, again, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That is awesome efficiency. 80% of employers, the first day you're going to get a quality candidate. And right now, voice wrestling listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter, it is the smartest way to hire. All right, we continue our look at WrestleMania weekend with Neil David. Neil, how's it going? 
Hey, not bad, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So we are going to preview RevPro UK's live in NYC going on at 3 p.m. from the New York City Hilton Midtown. Uh, this is on Friday, April 5th. Uh, the show is uh, is going to be available via the Fight Fest package. Also uh, on demand on RPW's on-demand uh, sh- uh, service. Uh, confirmed talent for the show. We have Tomohiro Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki. As far as announced matches, we have Rapungi 3K, Shonyo uh, versus Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. And then we have a match that, unfortunately, as of uh, this recording, uh, we don't know uh, Will Ospreay's uh, uh, partner. We're going to talk about that here in a sec. It was going to be Pac. It is no longer going to be Pac because his visa did not get cleared. So it's going to be question mark, question mark, question mark, and Will Ospreay versus CCK, Jonathan Gresham, and Chris Brooks. Uh, Neil, before we kind of break down this card, though, I want to let uh, you get your opportunity to kind of get your plugs in. So I'll let people know where they can follow you uh, on Twitter and where they can uh, read uh, some of your work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all my work's on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, I'm the main guy for RevPro over there, so I review them, I slate them endlessly. I've had articles and reviews <laughs> up there. Um, I also do quite like them, though, so there's some positive stuff in there. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this on on air, but it's uh, chubby underscore Cthulhu. I made that username <laughs> when I was about 18 years old, and it's just followed me around. So uh, I don't want to change it now, but that's where you can find me if you want to hear me complain about RevPro. <laughs> that's good stuff there. So I think the biggest news of this RevPro show, unfortunately, like yeah, we said, not a whole lot to announce, which is is interesting because this was when it first got announced, one of my most anticipated um entire shows of the of the weekend of like hey sh- cool like repro's coming to, to america i gotta check this out and like it just it just hasn't delivered on that level because there just hasn't been a lot of names announced there hasn't been a lot of people announced and then one of the huge matches was going to be pocket will osprey uh versus cck jonathan gresham and chris brooks we had wondered if maybe they were going to do pocket will osprey on this and they decided not to they decided to put them in a team and now pocket because his visa did not get cleared is not going to be there so I mean, what does that sort of make of the show now that like Pac's gone? That's one of the big stars of this entire show is gone. And now it's, you know, Will Ospreay just in a rando tag match with some random guy uh, against CCK. Like how big is that Pac news for, for the show? Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting one because on the face of it, you've got, I mean, Pac's undeniably a star. I mean, he's one of those people. I saw him uh, a couple of weeks ago in um, in Presswich, which is this horrible little suburb of Manchester. And he was against Sonna Derson in, you know, a 200 seat arena. But when he walked out, or you know, the, the atmosphere in the room just changed, you know, partly because he's, you know, he's this thunderous looking human being, but he's a, he's a star and losing a star from any show. And I think the main draw of shows like this, I mean, people want to see Pac on this indie run. I think there's an assumption that he's, he's going to move somewhere else. Uh, we're going to see him a little bit less. So to see him on this indie run would have been a great thing for a lot of people. But in terms of this match, I'm not actually sure it's that, bigger loss i think we might actually end up with something better i say we i'm not going but for the people that are going the way rev pro are telling this will osprey and pack story is just it i mean i've written articles about it on the website it's not to my taste to say the least and i just think that removing pack from the situation might force them to kind of go back to the drawing boards a little bit and have a look about the decisions that they've made that's been led to this point because when they tweeted this match out and they announced it, they did a list of questions. And I can't remember what they all were, but one of them was quite possibly the most alarming thing I've ever read. And it said, um, can these two coexist as a team? And that just screamed this kind of lazy storytelling that right. Red Pro have been doing for the past few weeks. And it just, to me, when you look at that match on its own, you've got Will Ospreay and Pack. As a team, that's fascinating. You've got the best in- incarnation of CCK with Jonathan Gresham. They're going to have an amazing match. But as soon as you start asking the question, can these guys coexist? We're going to get 
I think, or we're going to get the same old nonsense booking and nonsense storytelling that I think other promotions in Europe have left behind a long time ago now. And I think it's time that RevPro use this, I think, as a little bit of an impetus to have a good look at what they're doing and just tell the story that's in front of them. You know, professional wrestling doesn't have to be this ridiculous sort of box of cliches that companies have been using for a long time. And it doesn't have to be something completely innovative and different every time uh, at the same at the same time. You have a look at what people like OTT are doing and what WXW are doing. They're doing very personal stories that you can instantly relate to. I mean, it helps that the matches are amazing at the same time, but you're telling me that Will Ospreay and Pat can't have an amazing match. You know, you, you, you've no idea. But they're insisting on telling these bizarre run-ins, referee bumps, dodgy finishes. And I just think if we're removing whatever Andy, whatever Andy thought of for this match, I don't trust that it was going to be any good. So now that's been removed, maybe you're going to end up with something better. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's a good point because I think for people that don't follow RevPro and, and maybe you just look at the cards and I know if, if, if they haven't read your reviews, which they should absolutely do at Voice of Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, incredible absolutely. reviews. They're stupid. They're stupid how good they are. It's annoying. <laughs> I hate you. it. So you, you suck because you're too good. So it makes me like delete every draft that I have because it's, it, it's really good stuff. But like they have... They've kind of leaned into, I don't know, what would you say, like attitude era booking or just kind of like, yeah, how would you best describe it for people that don't maybe follow Rev Pro and, and just know of the matches that get announced or whatnot, but but how would you describe kind of their, their booking style? You kind of you kind of alluded to it a little bit there, but uh, yeah, what, what, yeah, what ultimately is kind of their booking style? I think what's happened is they've had a lot of criticism recently for, they basically have two sets of shows. So you've got your cockpit shows, which are these 250, 300 seat arena, um, like, like a boxing arena for like season ticket holders. And they've got the York Hall shows where they bring in, and they do a few others around the country as well, but they're the main two. And for the York Hall shows, they bring in the big New Japan talent. And for a long time now, these two sort of sides have been kind of separate universes. Things haven't really integrated as well as they might. And it's completely understandable why, because in the UK, we don't have anyone else that brings in that New Japan talent. They're going to bring that in and they're going to sell tickets. And I completely understand that that's why they do it. But what they've done then is completely neglected the rest of the stories. And they become very stop-starting. We had a feud with El Fantasmo and David Starr. That Again, this simple story in front of them. that El Fantasmo couldn't have another title shot against David Starr. So he won the J-Cup and he was supposed to challenge him. Except he didn't challenge him because they needed Starr to face Ishii and lose to him. So it's just <laughs> this very kind of clunky clunky booking and Andy if you listen Quilden if you listen to I'm saying Andy as if I know him I've never met him in my life but uh, Mr Quilden if you listen to his podcast he talks quite a lot about that criticism and how he wants to sort of change it and start adding stories to what he's doing but the stories that he's doing are just well they're not stories if you look at any sort of literature or any sort of film or anything else that tells stories comics whatever you like each action has to make sense. It's one of the most fundamental parts of telling a story. So if you're having, I mean, they did a women, uh, uh, the Queen of the Ring tournament, and we've got that trope of people standing on the ring and, and their opponents being so distracted that they get the roll up pin. <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's that he's, he's taken, we want more stories, and he's doing things like that. And I think it's... It's a funny one because it's. I think a lot of people who who maybe don't follow Rev Pro as much, who maybe like jump in and catch up and watch the big matches, the um, the Pack Osprey thing with the screwy finish. For those that didn't see it, basically, um, Pack 
at the end of a 30 minute match for no reason whatsoever, hit a low blow on the referee. The referee refused to um, disqualify him because he'd done it previously at the last cockpit show. Then he went up to the top rope. He had the match in his hands and he decided not to do the black arrow and just walk away. None of this made any sense. And to me, it completely misses that simple, beautiful little story that was placed in front of them. The simple story that was there. I mean, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to fantasy book. It's not like no one wants to listen to me fantasy book. But, <laughs> no, I, I'm fine with that. This is, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, well, we had, we had this thing where Osprey is now the worldwide leader of British wrestling. He's the guy that people look to and he's the guy that we can look at. He's going to Australia, he's going to New Zealand, he's going to Japan and he's killing it everywhere he goes. We've got Pac, who is arguably just as talented but was restricted by the evil corporate pig dogs of WWE. He was unleashed. We have a match to see who's the best. Now, I understand this political booking going on there and they were both champions. We can't have them pinned. But why don't you just do the 30-minute time limit, Joe, when no one could put each other away? But he's insisted he's got, I think he's just got this word story lumped into his head and he's right on the end of his pencil. And everything he does at the minute is just story in inverted commas, you know, that kind of pro wrestling story. Mm -hmm. That when you look at OTT, who are telling this fantastic story, the Devlin star Walter thing, and then you've got Thatcher at, um, at Carrot Weekend, it's personal and it's real and it's relatable. I mean, I have never in my life tried really hard to do something for 30 minutes and then just walked away at the end of it. It just it just doesn't make any sense as a story. And I think it's time that companies like RevPro, and it's not just RevPro, it's a lot of people, but I think it's time that they they treated themselves like any other art form treats themselves and, and asked themselves questions of, is this a good enough story that I am telling? Because we've had brilliant stories now. We know what brilliant stories look like. Um, you know, I've just named two that we've got running at the moment. There's no excuse for it anymore. It's like in the same way I remember you and Joe having a conversation I mean, years ago about how American Indies have no excuse for not having a good looking product because right. it's been shown worldwide that that's possible and we can do it. And I think the exact same thing needs to apply for stories. And to go, I mean, I'm going a bit off topic here, but to go back to WrestleMania. Well, and I, we only have two matches and four people announced. There's not much else we can talk about here. So go ahead. Yeah. You're, you're I good. do think that if they got it, they need to, I, I do not trust that Andy had something interesting for this tag match. I, I mean, when you look at the opponents, I think Jonathan Gresham is a little bit of a divided character. I really, really like him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a, an excellent character, but I kind of like that grapply style. I like, you know, I, I live near Wigan and the Snake Pit, and I, I, I kind of get off on that sort of heritage of my, her what feels like my heritage of wrestling going worldwide. I like it. Um, and then Brooks is Brooks. I mean, I've, I've, I, I feel like I've been very critical of Brooks. But I do actually quite like him. I think he's a very solid wrestler. I've called him uh, the Marks and Spencers of wrestling before. For the American guys who don't know what Marks and Spencers is, it's a department store that sells clothes. And there's almost nothing exciting to say about them, but they're really reliable and the quality is really good. <laughs> like you, you're never going to get excited over him, but he's never going to let you down. Yeah. Um I think this idea of forcing him to do this heel story. I mean, I watch everything Rev Pro do. I can't really remember why CCK don't like Will Ospreay. I mean, I, I know this. I can think of events, but th they're forcing him to into this heel role that I just do not think he's capable of. Not in terms of his talent and his skill, but the way he's marketed himself and the way he's got himself over is by being this really nice guy 
um, in sort of a non-kayfabe sense. He's done this kind of broke. It's really interesting to look at from a storyline point of view because in you know, professional wrestling, we all go into the arena and we forget, you know, the whole point of kayfabe is, is the audience takes part in it as well. And we all forget that this is fake and we all pretend it's real from the moment we buy a ticket. And it's like no other art forms like that. But Chris Brooks is kind of setting himself outside of that. And people like him as a person, so they will go along with whatever story he's trying to tell. And he is a draw. I mean, he's not, I mean, I'm not saying he's, you know, a huge draw, but every show I go to, say it's a thousand seater show on a defiant show, you're going to see 50 people in CCK shirts minimum. You know, he puts, and they're there to see him, specifically to see him. So he puts bums in seats. Does he do that in America? I don't know. And those 50 people that he's brought into the arena, or pub or wherever he is, are going to be cheering for him. Uh, or they're going to be booing him because they know that's the story he wants to tell. They go along with whatever it is he wants to do. And I don't know if that's going to translate well to an American audience who perhaps don't have that affinity to him. Because there's a certain irony to that, I think, right, right. that is very British. He's a very British wrestler. So I don't know. Yeah, so I, I mean, when we kind of look at this card, like we said, there's not a ton to really dive into with this card because it's uh, you know 3 p.m. from New York City, Hilton Midtown. As I said, Fight mm. Fest package, also RPW on demand. It's going up against the uh, WWN Super Show, uh, which is at 3 p.m. as well, as, uh, and it, it's 3:30 uh, as Black Label Pro as well. So there's kind of three ma- three shows on that one little time slot that uh, mm. that are looking pretty tricky of, of where you kind of go and what you do. But uh, I mean, when you look at like the talent that's already been announced, like there's a lot of good talent on there. It's just a matter of you know what the hell are they going to be doing? I mean, you have Tomohiro. Yeah. Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki. I mean, Jesus, like, that's great. Like, uh, you have Will Ospreay, as we said, Jonathan Gresham, Chris Brooks. So that's going to be a tag match. And then Rapunky 3K and Aussie Open, uh, it looks really good. So, like, on paper, it has the potential to be a very, very good show. It's just like, why don't we know more about this show? Why yeah. do we only know, you know, those two matches? One of the guys is gone, and we have no idea where anybody else is going to be because, like, unless the rest of the dudes on the show are, like, under, you know, the guys that never trained and, and like, rookies, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a chance to be a very good show, but, like, why don't we know more about the show, you know, as the time of we're recording this, which is, you know, we're recording a little bit early, but we're, you know, a week and a half out. Like, they, 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 I mean, everybody else... Oh, seems- people have made plans by now, you know. People right. are doing their path to greatness. And I think it's an interesting one because I've got to say, I mean, it's slightly different for me because I'm British and I wouldn't go to America to watch a British promotion. But I think there's also a stardom show half an hour later. Right, right, yeah. Stardom's at 4 p.m. Yeah, so Yeah, and I think that people go now to WrestleMania. It's almost like um, an expo of wrestling. And you go to experience all these different wrestling cultures and all these different wrestling shows. And I never really thought about it like that before until Progress did their, I did it last year or the year before they did their American tour. And we were seeing all of our American friends saying, oh, I, I can't wait to see Jim Smallman's banter. And I'm thinking, like, I skipped that on the VOD. Like, I've no interest <laughs> in watching it. But that's because I see it all the time. Yeah, it was so awesome, man. I stayed. I had to leave the Progress show. Uh, early, but I stayed for the banter because it well, was like, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. But I think though, if I went to WrestleMania weekend, I'd want to see something that's a completely different wrestling experience. Like I don't watch Stardom. I don't think I've ever watched Stardom, but I will go to that show because it's unique. Uh, same with DDT. I've watched the odd DDT match, but I certainly couldn't tell you very much about them. But I go to that one. You've got the Madison Square Garden New Japan show. What is it that's going to get? a fan into the doors of RevPro. If I, if I can't say in a sentence what RevPro is anymore, or if I ever could, I don't know, but because in the UK, it makes sense because they get the New Japan talent in England. So 
we all go to watch the New Japan talent. But when you're taking it to America and WrestleMania weekend, I'm not sure the New Japan talent is enough of a draw. When you've got that massive Madison Square Garden show, when you've got a stardom show next, you know, at the same time. And um, I just, I, I don't think there's enough about RevPro as a company to sell to people other than the names. And the names don't mean as much on WrestleMania weekend, I don't think. You know, if you're going to see one Suzuki match, you're going to go to Bloodsport. Because it's unique, it's something interesting. You know, you want to see, I mean, there are extreme examples, but you want to see kaiju big battles. I don't know if I want to see Rapongi 3K versus Aussie Open. And that's saying that, knowing it will be a great match. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it will be a great match. But that's kind of the Rev Pro thing. It's like the, how I feel about takeovers nowadays. Like, I don't get excited about them, but I know it's going to be a great match. And there's also the fact that Aussie Open are number one contenders for the, the tag team titles. So they're not going to lose that match. You know the outcome already, but can Rapongi 3K take a pin? I don't know. And I put in my written preview, I've just finished it this morning, that when you're talking about matches, and I feel like when I'm saying things like, the most interesting thing about this match is who's going to take the pin, it's not a very interesting match. You know, like if I'm thinking about things from a non-kayfabe sense, and I'm thinking about them from a, a political sense and a, and a, and a pencil sense, you're not telling interesting stories. And I think it depends on why you go see your wrestling. I can only talk about how why I go and see wrestling, but I like to see interesting stories. And that match is just thrown together. It'll be great, but I can guarantee you'll forget about it within a couple of days. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, the big thing with, with the RepPro show. And, and and people have told us that, too, when I've kind of mentioned, hey, you're going to the RepPro show. And, and, and the thing I get from a lot of people is like, yeah, the talent looks good, but like, I'm going to be able to see Ishii at, you know, MSG. I'm going to be able to see Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. at MSG. I'm going to be able to see Monoro Suzuki at Bloodsport and, and, and a few other places. I'm going to be able to see Will Ospreay on a few other shows. I'm going to be able to see Gresham on a bunch of shows. Brooks is popping up on a bunch of shows. You know, Rapongi 3K presumably will be at MSG as well. And then Aussie Open is, is popping up a few other places as well. So, as you said, the, the, what's getting me in the door of RevPro is it, 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 tricky. And, like, I'm somebody who... I have nothing going on in that time slot. Like I'm still open and right. I, I want to go, but they haven't given me a reason to go buy a ticket where like initially the first, you know, when, when I'm, I have text messages with my buddies who, who I'm going with and, and the idea was like, Hey, where do you want to go on Friday? And I was like, boom, I need to go to this rep pro show. Cause rep pro coming to America. I got to see him. And, and since then, like he said, Oh, are you still going to rep for? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I'll just like hang around New York or something, or maybe I'll go to the wrestle, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, WWN super show. Like that, that's an issue for me is that like, I have not been brought into the door. Like you said, there's nothing on that rep pro show that has me other than the idea that like they do have good talent but like i don't know what that talent's doing like i, I don't know what people are doing and i don't know why you know i would yeah. need to go to that show so it, it, it's tricky like i really want to go and i i'm keeping that open i'm keeping that 3 p.m open because i do want to go but it's just like give me something guys like give but me like, a reason to get through the door but your like alternative is i'm gonna do i'm not gonna i'm gonna have a break from wrestling right, <laughs> you know, right. it's not like there's this killer show on elsewhere that i want to see and there's nothing you can do about that it's i might you know go and see the statue of liberty <laughs> you know it's just, it's that's not and when you look at what they've got if you look at the cockpit shows and you look at the talent they've got they've got something that they can build an identity around i mean they've got david Starr as one of their champions and david Starr has been phenomenal for european wrestling this past 12 months and he's not booked on the show he's there i'm on our document now on the preview and i've searched his name and he's coming up nine times so why is he not been announced why yeah. is the, you know why are, i mean i understand these money implications but someone like josh bottom 
No one's booking him other than Repro because everybody hates him. But Josh Bottom is <laughs> superb. Like, bring him over and try and get some eyes on you. You know, you look at how they started at Wrestle Kingdom. You had Andy Quilden in the ring with the belt. You had a featured match on Wrestle Kingdom on a show where Goto and Suzuki didn't get on the card. And it was there for the taking. We should have been building up to this WrestleMania show and doing something really exciting. And I don't think this, even if we had this tag match that we now don't have, even that I don't think would have been enough. You've got plenty of opportunities to see Osprey, plenty to see Pac. I don't want to see Brooks. There's plenty of opportunities to see Gresham without the nonsense that was inevitably going to be there. The rest of the card, I assume hasn't been announced because of either political stuff or because it's so boring, it's not worth announcing. I mean, what, <laughs> that's got to be your assumption, hasn't it? As someone with money in your pocket ready to buy a ticket, what other assumption are you going to yeah, make? Right, right. No, I know. It, it's either that, like, we don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, or it's just, like, crap and we don't want to tell you ahead of time. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not sold out. So, right. you know, I assume they want to sell tickets. So that would be a strong assumption, but yeah, you never know. I mean, if, yeah. you know, if you put a, bat, a killer match forward, I mean, what that match will be, I mean, you know, like I say, you could, there's thousands you could think about, but they, they, they just, it's, there's no trust there with RevPro now to do something interesting. And when you've got a loaded card, lots of people are going to be in New York for the first time and they're going to want to do the touristy thing. Um, there's stardom shows going on. There's like, for me, I mean, if there's a grimy lucha show going down, I want to go and see that. Like, what do I want to go and see RevPro for? It's just, it's just a very indistinct company as a whole. And it's such a shame because they've got so much that they could push. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got so, so much that they could get hold of. Um, and it, it feels now we're at the point where they're choosing not to. They're choosing to rely on this New Japan connection because it works in the UK and they should rely on it in the UK. But unfortunately, I don't think there was any need for them to go to WrestleMania. I don't think there's a place for them there. And they've not fought enough for that place and given anybody something interesting. They've not even given us a championship match. You know, you've got three tight. Well, you've got four. There's no women. There's no women been announced, which I just think they've just had the Queen of the Ring tournament with lots of women who were very unique who you don't see very much anywhere who haven't had much exposure in america they've also used people like you before now very recently that i assume they've got you know who's there who they could have contact with it's just it shouldn't be down to rev pro fans to be thinking of these things it should be down to the company to be one step ahead like OTTR, like WXWR, even Progress are. I mean, Progress are a completely different beast these days. But when you look at all their contemporaries, Defiant even, I mean, I don't like what they do, but at least they're trying to do something. I can describe what each of those companies are. Whereas if you were to ask me to describe what RevPro are, it's, I I just have to say, he knows, you know, he knows Ghetto's phone number. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's all I can say about RevPro at the minute, unfortunately. Well, there you go. So that's our extensive uh, preview to get you in the door for Repro UK live in New York. Start time, of course, uh, 3 p.m. from the New York City Hilton uh, Midtown. Uh, live stream again uh, from the Fight Fest package, also RPW On Demand. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting show. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, by the time we record this or by the time this gets released, they they announce a full card and everyone's ready to go and everyone's all set to go. But uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong, Neil. I uh, really do appreciate it. So uh, before we let you go, uh, do you want to let people know again where they can follow you on Twitter and then uh, any of the other uh, work that you do as well? 
Yeah, there's a lot. I like a lot of people in 2019. I am exclusively signed to the company Voices of Wrestling. That's where you find all my writing. <laughs> um, I mainly do Rev Pro. I've gone into New Japan a little bit. I've done a little bit of WXW. I do whatever. Um, and uh, ch- the embarrassing username Chubby underscore Cthulhu. Um, yeah, follow me. Catch you there. Yeah, that's I, I like the username. Don't 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 put it. There. <laughs> uh, but Neil, no, your writing is incredible. For people that have not read his stuff, even if you don't care about the promotion he's writing about, that you, your writing style and the way you kind of break it down, which people can hear from this, you know, the, the way that you sort of eloquently discuss, you know, it, in some ways, a lot of us would just be like, ah, fuck RevPro, they suck. Like whereas you just, you know, can eloquently kind of go around and say, hey, RevPro, kind of, you guys are annoying and you suck. Like, but you make yeah. it sound much better th- than most of us do. So I, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I'm hopeful because I want to go, man. I got, as you said, I got money in my pocket. And I'm ready to go i want to i want to go to repro uk i just need a reason to go so uh, hopefully we'll see what happens but uh, i do sh- i should mention as well you you kind of were talking about what they're up against they're up against the uh, the super show uh at 3 p.m uh, black little pros adventures and wrestling at 3 30 and then the stardom show at four so not really tough competition either like it, it's it's a i mean they could if they really went out there really dominate that time slot but uh don't seem to uh to really uh be wanting to do that but uh yeah. it is what it is but neil thank you so much for helping us preview and uh we'll talk to you again soon no thank you man see you in a bit And we continue our look at WrestleMania weekend with Robin Reed. Robin, what's going on? Hey, man. Well, it's not too bad. Not too bad. How are yeah, you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm ready for this uh, to be over. Ready for WrestleMania weekend <laughs> to finally be here. I'm sick of recording these previews, but I'm not sick of talking to you because it's been quite a while since you and I have done audio together. It may have actually been a year ago at this point, right? Like last WrestleMania weekend. Might have even been the Did year that... before that. I think I oh. might have missed last year because I was oh, wow. busy around this time. So yeah, two two years. Damn, it's been been quite a while. But uh, before we get into these shows, we're going to do uh, some odds and ends uh, Europe shows. We're going to do WXW, Destiny, Fight Club Pro, IWP, or IPW UK. Uh, then also maybe a little bit on Rev Pro because you've you've already heard Neil's segment about Rev Pro and probably wondering, man, these guys were rough. That's a good show. It's because we you know recorded that one before they announced the thing. So I just wanted to kind of balance it a little bit by talking about the show that they are now. Uh, producing uh, this weekend but uh, let's talk uh, first or at least let's first go through uh, your plugs so let people know where they can follow you uh, where they can follow some of your work and a little bit about of course the Brit Rest Roundtable. Yeah so uh, as you mentioned we have a, a podcast on this very network uh, it's mostly me and Arn but we rotate in a, a third chair quite regularly uh, where we basically you know we do a, a flagship copy but for Brit Rest. Um, it's probably the, the easiest way to 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 explain it. Um, we, we go to a lot of live shows and stuff like that. Record a lot of live episodes, get some interviews, that sort of deal. So if you if you're into um, the the general feel that we have over on the Voice of Wrestling Network, uh, and are interested in Brit Rest or European wrestling, really, because we we do a lot of WXW and OTT as well, and you know even White Wolf now then uh, you know you can check it out uh, other than that I do a little bit of writing over on the site but mostly editing at this point um, over on the the European side so for the most part if it, all the European content I've had some hand in it um, and yeah we we have a, a good good group of guys working there at the moment so it's yeah good stuff yeah, really good stuff, and that's why uh, that's why, of course, we want to do uh, this. But yeah, any any plugs as well, personal stuff uh, before we get to uh, the, these shows? Uh, not really. I don't really do anything wrestling wise outside of uh, outside of voice of wrestling these days. 
Okay, so what about if they want to follow your uh, your, your, oh, yes. your 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 football gambling? <laughs> I'm just you know, yeah, uh, yeah, completely blanked on Twitter there. You can you can tell I've uh, only just got in. Uh, yeah, so you can follow the my wrestling Twitter is at BritRestRound, so that's B R I T W R E S R O U N D, and then if you do want to follow my personal, I'm at uh, the R Double. There you go. All right, now let's get to uh, these shows here. As I said, we're doing kind of a uh, an assortment of the European shows, ones we haven't covered quite yet. We'll start uh, Thursday, April 4th, 4 p.m., WXW's show at Laboom. Uh, tickets are still available. Uh, live stream will be on uh, Fight TV, also available via the More Than Mania package on WWN. Uh, as far as this card, you know, we can kind of break it down match by match here a little bit, but uh, they were, you know, WXW, I'll, I'll say from kind of the following from this website or whatnot they 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 were late to announce some stuff and some people were like all right what are we getting here i mean they they came in with i think a pretty good show and i i'm kind of curious on your thoughts on that show but i think there was there was a little apprehension at first about hey like when are you guys going to really start announcing some stuff and i think yeah it, it took a little while and they got there but it, it, it was a little strange how long it took for them to kind of fill out this card yeah i think there's there's two main factors involved there um the first being it hasn't been that long since they've had kind of their biggest weekend of the year in 16 carat that was towards the beginning of march um so they didn't really have they couldn't really announce too much because like you can't announce a championship match really because they had a big title change there um that if they'd have announced a full card they'd have probably given a lot away but you mm -hmm. know that was early march and there was still a gap after that uh, and then the talk around the rest is basically, and you know, it, it's it's a big talking point around this card as a whole that they weren't sure whether they could book Ilya and Volta, who are obviously NXT UK guys. Um, and if they had been been booking them, um, I imagine they'd have been a, a large part of this card. Turns out they they can't, and you know, it kind of shows on the card and what what's left. Um, so it might be that was kind of a, a factor in the delay there. Yeah, we've also seen as well, I know, as of as of this recording, that the, the tickets have not moved all that well for the show. And what do you kind of think about that in terms of is it because there's maybe that star power missing? Like you said, no vault or no, uh, you know, Dragunov in there. And and is is it star power? Is it promoting? Is it a combination of both? Is it just so many other shows this weekend? It seems like a lot of stuff and a lot of the kind of the unique promotions, the promotions that don't usually come to America sold out pretty well. And, 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 you know, tickets move quick for whatever reason, WXW though, very slow on, on that standpoint. So that's not to say that maybe the day of they get a bunch of walk-ups or now, you know, the week of they, they get a bunch of sales, but you know, as of this recording right now have been a little slow. Do you have any sort of theories as, as why that might be? Yeah, I, th I think, Partially, it's that WXW in the States, my read anyway, is that it isn't as hot a promotion as, say, uh, a Progress or even like a Rev Pro or something. Um, they're a promotion that, you know, they their recent explosion internationally has been over to the UK because obviously they're a German promotion. Um, a couple of years ago, even for their big carrot weekends, they're only getting like four or five guys come in from the UK. Now they're getting a ton but obviously this show isn't being held in the uk um and so maybe they haven't quite um reached over to america in the way that uh, some of the british promotions have uh and then secondly as you said no volta no Ilya. while within like wxw's own canon they're not necessarily the two biggest stars being built around at the moment in terms of just international stardom and like the the matches over the past few years that have got hype out of wxw They've almost all featured at least one of Ilya and Volta, and obviously 
a couple of them featured both of them so not having both those guys and they are the two guys from the promotion that have kind of really broken out really gone out there and and got exposure outside of wxw um with you know Ilya over in in pwg and progress and stuff falter everywhere basically not having those guys is always going to be a hit um because while for the for the german crowd for the people who personally diligently follows wxw um they're super excited to see absolute andy he's like almost on a par with like an Ilya in WXW at the moment. They're super excited to see Lucky Kid who's on a par with Ilya, on a par with Volta. You go over to America and they're, they're not the big draws. They, they're, they're the featured act for your promotion, but they're not like, you see Lucky Kid on a poster in the, in the US and it's not like, a, oh, I've got to see that, that show, right? Yeah, and and for people that might you know be stumbling upon WrestleMania weekend or or maybe watching you know, on Fight TV or the the more than Mania package, uh, what can they kind of expect from a WXW show? We'll assume that a lot of people listening to this maybe have not ever seen a WXW show, and and obviously atmosphere is going to be tough to transfer over. We've seen that with Progress a few times where they come to America and it's like, oh yeah, like Progress a lot of it, you know, when it's being done in like this giant well lit building at like noon on a Friday, it doesn't have quite the same feel uh, that it does, you know, when they're when they're at you know one of their home venues or whatnot. Uh, for WXW, assuming that some of the atmosphere comes over and some of sort of what wxw provides comes over what, what can people sort of expect from from a show from them so whenever i really talk about wxw i think it's easiest to categorize them or kind of sum them up in by saying they're kind of the typical almost stereotypical german efficiency like uber efficiency uber professionalism that you kind of have in your head associated with germany um they their shows look better than any indie anywhere in the world. They, their shows look a lot better um, a lot of the time than like Ring of Honor shows, even though Ring of Honor have actually had a big step up recently. I'd still say WXW's big shows look better than Ring of Honor. Their, their production quality is incredible. Um, their setups are always amazing. They, they're, they're way ahead of the game um, in terms of indie wrestling. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that translates because they're partnering up with WWN, which aren't always the best in that regard. <laughs> That's one way to put um, it. Yes. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to to uh, juxtapose <laughs> sixteen carats. Um, you know, they their stage setup with their like fifteen different uh, video boards, their their pyro and everything, where it looks. You know, it could be a WWE event. It's it's at that level how how much can they do between the evolve show to the wxw show can they dress it up enough it'll be interesting to see how much of that carries across um but in general wxw is quite a, a storyline heavy promotion um that's something you can uh, look for a lot and i think it's going to be interesting to see how much of that co co um carries over uh, into this new york show because obviously as you say a lot of the people going to this show won't be familiar with all the WXW storylines. They have brought over a lot of um, their native roster and they've also like uh, filled in the rest of the card with other people who do spend time in WXW, like uh, LAX, obviously they're, they're US based, but they're over in uh, WXW semi-regularly. Um, same for like Lefisto, um, people like David Starr again, very interesting integral to, to WXW. So it does feel like an authentic WXW show, but it'll be interesting to see how they balance the kind of, we're just gonna go for a straight show because this is the first time a lot of people will be seeing us uh, live to, 
we're going to mix in a lot of our storylines that perhaps the live crowd won't be too on top of. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for. Let's run down this card real quick, and then we'll kind of touch on some matches that I think you're looking forward to. Uh, we got Lucky Kid versus David Starr. We got LAX Santana Ortiz versus The Crown, which is Jordan Simmons and Alexander James. You got you versus Lufisto. Uh, Absolute Andy, who you mentioned a little bit before, against Chris Brooks. Uh, WXW World Tag Team Titles, Aussie Open versus The Work Horseman. Uh, Darby Allen versus Avalanche. Uh, your Shotgun Championship is going to Mar- is going to be Maurice uh, Alani versus uh, Emil St- uh, Satoshi. I always have trouble with that one for some odd reason. <laughs> uh, and then the Unified World Championships, Bobby Guns, as you mentioned, the champion against Shigehiro Erie East. So uh, what are some matches that uh, you are are looking forward to? And maybe I've been asking this to everybody, maybe your most anticipated match and then uh, a sleeper match that might, you know, not jump off the page immediately to people, but one that could be pretty good. Right. So this is almost a little difficult for this card because I think that's going to be, that's the narrative that surrounded this card since it's been announced in general is that from one side of things, um, the card got announced and you had a lot of people going, oh, there's not really any match that really stands out there. This is a kind of disappointing card. And, you know, again, not to harp on the point too much, but that's perhaps the lack of Ilya, the lack of Volta, who have been involved in a lot of the the best WXW matches in recent times. Not having there does kind of lead you to go, oh, there's nothing that really stands out. But then on the other side of things, you're having people saying, um, I can't believe you would complain about this card. It's uh, such an amazing card. It's so consistent top to bottom. And I think, you know, like with many things, the the truth kind of lies in the middle. I expect this to be a card where if you're watching it live, it will be a hell of a time because there's going to be nothing bad. I would be shocked if any of these eight matches are bad. Um, It's probably all going to be like eight good matches, but it might be lacking the one great match, which can be good when you're there in attendance it can be good when you're watching live but it's maybe not a show that afterwards you're going to have crazy buzz surrounding one individual match uh where someone's going to be saying wow this was you know a four and a half star match you need to go back and watch it um but if i was going to pick out a sleeper match i'd probably be leaning towards aussie open versus the work horseman um they're two teams I, i i enjoy quite a lot and i expect them to have quite good chemistry together uh, they both work kind of a hard-hitting, all-action, indie um, tag team style. Um, so I just expect those two teams to to mesh quite well. So I think if there is going to be one sleeper match that, that really stands out and does end up being the, the one match where everyone's like, oh, you need to go back and watch this match, it's probably going to be that one. But really, it it could be any of these matches, but I'm not like dead set on any single one being like, yeah, this is definitely going to be great. Yeah. And, and for people, you know, you mentioned that there might be some kind of story heavy things. What do people need to know in terms of, okay, so I'm, I'm sitting down at the show. I've never watched WXW before some of the names, you know, of course I know some of the names, but what is maybe if you want to say like one big sort of story or a few big stories that, that you at least need to know a little bit of background on that'll maybe make you appreciate some of the matches a little bit more appreciate Bobby guns, you know, defending the title a little bit more appreciate the shotgun championship match. Is there any kind of stories or, or, or backgrounds that people need to kind of know a little bit about? Okay, so there's 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 two we'll we'll go for and highlight, and the first is what I imagine is going to be the main event, and that's Bobby Guns versus Shigehiro Erie, um, and that's going to be a match that I think it it very much could be single swim because Bobby Guns is a guy who who's managed to get very over um, in front of the German crowd, in front of the international flying crowd over in Oberhausen. Um, primarily in my opinion based off a chant that's kind of caught off and bandwagoned um 
but he's not a guy with any sort of international buzz really um but he's recently won the championship from absolute andy uh and it's going to be facing shigeru iri in this match um and it's going to be a very interesting one to see if he does manage to get over in kind of this this one-off scenario um now now this match he he is the champion going in but prior to winning the championship he had a series of matches with shigeru iri um where iri was first making his uh debut in the promotion um they had three matches and iri won the first two Bobby Guns won the third one to kind of catapult him into his title match, but he's still got a losing record against Iri, hence this title match. The two guys have have quite good chemistry together, and I think they'll probably build the match around Iggy's lariat, uh, Iri's lariat, uh, which won, I think, one of the first two matches and was a big near fall in the second one. Uh, the other match that, that uh, I'm going to draw attention to is the Lucky Kid versus David Starr match. Now, Lucky Kid just won the uh, 16 karat gold tournament, which is the the biggest tournament of um, the year for WXW. It's you know the the G1 equivalent. Well, I guess it's more the New Japan Cup equivalent because it's like single elimination tournament, but it's it's the big one. In many ways, it's almost a bigger achievement to win that than to actually win the championship because that's the highlight weekend of the the year there isn't like a, a wrestle kingdom equivalent um and in doing so he ran through all of the ring camp members uh axel dita jr uh volta and timothy thatcher beating all three of them when coming into the tournament a lot of people thought he was gonna lose in the straight away in the first round uh he's going up against david Starr, who did lose in the first round and many people had picked to win the tournament um and he lost to, to Volta, as he always does. He's got a, an incredible storyline going on with Volta, <laughs> where he it, it's quite simple. He goes up against Volta again and again and again. And every time you think, oh, this will be the time he wins. No, he's lost every single time. Doesn't matter what promotion it is. He's never pinned him in a tag match. Nothing. He's just, well, Walter owns David Starr. And it has created some amazing matches. But going into the tournament, people were thinking, this is going to be the time David Starr finally beats Volta and he'll go on and win win the champ um not the championship win win the 16 karat gold. He lost to Volta again, again an incredible match, but in a match where he actually had um Volta tapping out but his foot was under the ropes. So uh, David Starr's current um kind of storyline progression that he's going through is he knows that he can beat Volta. He thinks he did beat Volta and that Volta, like, <laughs> right, right. you know, because it was kind of his foot was under the ropes. The ref was already calling for the break, but then Volta tapped. So David Starr's like, well, I I beat him. And then he got kind of got distracted, attacked from behind, choked out. And that's how he lost the match. But in his mind, he, that tournament was meant to be him. And then Lucky Kid comes in from from nowhere, runs through the whole tournament and manages to beat Volta in the final kind of taking um, David Starr's moment both through winning the tournament and also being able to actually beat Volta. So there's an interesting kind of dynamic there because it's David Starr who traditionally is booked a bit stronger than Lucky, um, but Lucky has recently managed to do everything that, that David Starr couldn't. Um, so there's an interesting dynamic to that match. Yeah, that's some fun stuff uh, going on in this WXW show. So I'm I'm, I'm interested in checking it out. Um, my schedule's a little weird for that time, so I, I'm not. I forget what, what am I doing on that uh, exact time at four. I, I know I'm doing something. I can't go to WXW, but now I'm blanking on on what it was because I wanted to go uh, Bloodsport. Oh yeah, duh, it's against, up against Bloodsport. So yeah, that that's where I'll be at uh, 
4 p.m. that day. But yeah, Bloodsport didn't exist. I was definitely all in on, on going to WXW and, and getting that kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see them. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that show, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you, you seem to think that we're going to get a pretty good uh, thumbs up show, even if like, yeah, match wise, we're maybe not going to get these unbelievable like four star matches here and there. But uh, it is a solid card. And I think it it, it it does represent WXW pretty well. So I think that's uh, a positive for them and, and, and thumbs up because it was looking a little dire there <laughs> for a little bit. But uh, it makes sense. You know, why, why the delay happened? But uh, we got that there. So again, 4 p.m. Uh, from Laboom, uh, you can watch uh, you can course by tickets there are plenty available if you still want them also live stream fight tv and WN's more than mania package uh for the wxw show uh, we're gonna stick with the same day we're actually gonna go back an hour though uh thursday april 4th because it makes a little bit more sense to do it this way uh thursday april 4th 3 p.m destiny and fight club pros fight for destiny 3 p.m from the nyc arena in new york uh, this will be available on fight tv as well uh robin what is going on with destiny and fight club pro and uh what do you make of of their appearance and and and, and what they're bringing to the table here this wrestlemania weekend yeah so i think this this one's kind of indicative of the kind of the lost or untalked about like fourth section of shows there's a lot of people talking about obviously the wn events um, you've obviously got the collective events, you've got the WrestleCon events, but then there's kind of this fourth arena that's that's popped up this year. Uh, the NYC arena, they, they're running a bunch of shows. I think they're running Stardom, this show, um, House of Glory, and... Oh, and IPWK. Yes, yes, we'll um, talk about it. Easy to forget, which we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Very easy so to it, forget. I had the same thing, too. I was like, there's another one, isn't there? And I looked on our doc. Yes, the next <laughs> show we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's weird because they kind of they're kind of weirdly running under the radar. A lot of these cards, a lot of these shows didn't have cards announced uh, until recently. And it's kind of if there's anything that that's screaming um, kind of the the uh, oversaturation that's happening at this this WrestleMania weekend is that you've got these extra like group of shows bringing in a load of international talent and people kind of don't care because there's too many shows already going on it's too thinly spread and you know a large problem and again this has been across a lot of shows but specifically for these this kind of quadrant of shows is that they're not announcing cars anywhere near early enough and for for something like wrestle you can maybe get away with that when you're you're the only uh, place running in town and people are coming to you to you anyway in your kind of home area but when you're running wrestlemania weekend the competition is incredibly high there's a million shows running. You can't get away with announcing a show, uh, announcing a card two weeks before the show because people have already planned things out. People have already planning things down down to the minute of you know, like when they're going to be jumping on um, subways and stuffs to get from one show to the other. Um, you can't you can't just throw a card out there a couple of weeks before and expect people to flood in. And that's kind of proven true, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Um, this is actually Fight Club Pro. I think it's their second time uh, running Mania Weekend as kind of in conjunction. Last year, they were working with um, Revolver and AAW, I think, as part of the Pancakes and Power Driver yes, show. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, so they like to kind of mix in. They don't run a full show by themselves, and that's kind of emblematic as where they are as a promotion, where they don't really have a roster. Fight Club Pro in the UK is kind of... I think the easiest way to describe it is kind of the European PWG. Um, there's they're bringing in a lot of the the big stars, but they're not working all out really. They're they're kind of working with kind of tongue in cheek, having fun 
style of matches a lot of comedy mixed in even if like you look at a card on paper and go wow there's an incredible amount of stars here but this is kind of the show where they always have fun and people who go to the shows live they they seem to have a, a great time who go there but there's never any like match where you where it comes away and people are like wow you need to see this match this is an incredible match because that's not really the type of show that they run right right and I think that that might translate uh, across to to this show that they're running in New York. Um, I can't say I'm familiar with Destiny at all. Um, are you? I you know I don't know much about Destiny. That that's yeah they're they're kind of a weird yeah I I don't exactly know where where they come in with this and they it seems like they haven't really done a, a great job of like kind of pro, I, I'm assuming Fight Club Pro is like hey Destiny Wrestling can do our promotion but uh, I don't think they've done a very good job of promoting that much either. No. So yeah it's uh, it, it, it's strange yeah I, I don't it, it's weird because I believe if this is the Destiny that I think it is they run in like Ontario Canada mostly so why and I think this that that is the one that that it is that runs in Canada so I don't know why they've made the move down here to cut it's just like this weird amalgamation like flight club pro and this like company from ontario canada come together to host a show on like an afternoon it's just it's bizarre it's really weird but like all told i mean it, it's not really running up against it's running up you know pretty much up against wxw so you kind of have to compete with that and and, and blood sport but otherwise that's really it and so if you don't have tickets to blood sport maybe wxw doesn't do anything for you this is a pretty like on paper the the talent roster is pretty damn good for the show and i think it kind of speaks to your point that you were saying is that like the talent is there but it's like the matches maybe don't make a whole lot of sense let's run down the matches here a little bit it kind of feels like they just booked all these like very talented people and threw them in a randomizer and then this is what we got because like some of these matches you just can't believe so i uh, got chuck mambo versus connor mills Ethan Page versus Shane Strickland and Sammy Callahan. Uh, Destiny Next Generation Championship. You got Kits, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, Trey Miguel, and Jake Atlas. That is totally just a randomizer, right? <laughs> that met, There's no way that on a pen or a paper they said, hey, I got an idea here. Let's put Kip Sabian, Trey Miguel, uh, Penelope Ford, and Jake Atlas. There we go. Nailed it. That is a randomizer. That's the only reason that match happened. Uh, you got Chris Brooks, Kid Lycos, Kyle Fletcher versus the Amazing Red, Puma King, and Robbie Eagles. Uh, you also have the Rascals versus the Besties in the World versus Team White Wolf versus Session Juice. And in case you don't know what Session Juice is, that's Session Moth Martina and Orange Cassidy. Uh, and then uh, presumably your main event, Ricky Shane Page versus Mark Davis. This So again, like I named a lot of very talented wrestlers, but I don't know that any of the one matches I'm really... Like, really am to see maybe the Brooks, uh, Lycos, Fletcher uh, versus Red Puma King and Robbie Eagles. That sounds like it has potential to be really good. And 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 maybe this entire card has the potential to be really good. It's just like a lot of the matches are just like, why? What? Like, where did you come up with that? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a shame because they're one of the few promotions who are going out there and really booking these kind of international guys they, they've booked uh, robbie eagles over from australia they're booking white wolf and a lot of these guys aren't getting the chances on the kind of the the slightly more focused on shows like the collective are running or maybe wwn or wrestlecon they're not always suit you know these are extremely talented guys who you'd expect to be kind of popping up everywhere they're popping up on this show but they're mixed in with some some real strange strange people um and having a having a show main evented by Ricky Shane Page kind of kind of says everything about the mindset going into this show, really, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. And 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 yeah, it, it's there's just so and also confirmed talent. 
Uh, Stone Rockwell and Gangrel also <laughs> confirmed because, <laughs> like, again, like, of course, Gangrel's looked on the show, but like you said, th- w- this one of, of all the cards we've kind of previewed on this entire uh, preview podcast, like, this one is grabbing from I think maybe the most different ends of the world and most of the different, like, they're they're almost they don't have any other kind of pre existing relationships, so they're grabbing a Shane Strickland and then also an Ethan Page and then also you know Team White Wolf and also like Xavier and Wentz and then also you know Lycos and Brooks or whatever and also Ricky Shane Page and and Gangrel, it's just like they're everywhere. Like you know what I mean? Like they've they've been able to grab a bunch of different talent from a bunch of different parts of the world and a bunch of different promotions. But I can't say that I'm excited for the show. I'm just like, I what is this? Like it's just very very bizarre. Yeah, it's this is one of those cards where if you just took all the talent and you were allowed to rebook it, you could probably make a really good like half an amazing half a show and then kind of a shit bottom of the show <laughs> and with all the guys you're kind of taking out of the matches but you could you could make some inc- incredible matches you could have um you know if you just kind of split off that that four-way tag a little bit and, and separated it out team white wolf versus the rascal sounds great um you can pull mark davis away from ricky shane page um from with kyle fletcher um and then go up against Puma King and Robbie Eagles or something. That's There's some great matches that could be booked with these ta- this talent, but looking at the card as a whole, there's I can't say it will be any sort of good show because I can't look at any one match where I go, yeah, that will be good because they will, almost every match has a guy I'm like, yeah, he kind of sucks. <laughs> right, he, right, he right. Sucks. Yeah, or there's just like a weird fit. Like that that next generation championship sounds awesome with like Kip Sabian and Trey Miguel and then Jake Atlas. But then you're like, why the hell's Penelope Ford there? Like, you know, I like I think Penelope Ford's great, but like, no, not in that match. Like, there, there's you know, you had something there, and then you just kind of did that or whatever. Or yeah, I, it's just there is just weird matchups on the show, and it's just a, it's an odd one. So I can't. Uh, I don't know if I can really truly recommend it. I guess if 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 you really don't like WXW at all, and uh, you're not going to Bloodsport. Uh, I suppose, but I don't know. It's just, it's a very, very bizarre show. Uh, and speaking of bizarre shows, I think uh, no WrestleMania weekend preview is complete without this one. IPW UK, uh, Friday, April 5th at 12 p.m. from the uh, aforementioned NYC Arena uh, in New York. This is an odd one because they had the distinction of until a few days before we're recording this, which is, you know, full disclosure, the Saturday before we're releasing this uh, on the Monday, um, really had like maybe two matches announced. And I think one of them was like James Storm versus Jimmy Havoc was like one of the two or three matches they have announced. Uh, And then they announced, I guess, the rest of the matches. And it's still like. I don't want to say the worst card in WrestleMania weekend, but maybe the most uninspiring. Is that a fair way to put it? I guess I don't know what's worse, uninspiring or bad, but uh, what the hell is this IPW UK show? You know, you might be right. It might be the worst one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it. I might call it the most bad. uninspiring and the worst one. Yeah, it's, it's this is no good. Why are they here? Like, first off, why is IPW UK here uh, with this sort of effort uh, on WrestleMania weekend? They've booked like a shindy UK show. <laughs> In New York for WrestleMania weekend, and I don't right. understand why they've done this. Uh, it's like, you know, the UK has a lot of good talents. A lot of them aren't in the progresses and, and the, the, the rev pros and maybe some undiscovered guys. And there's a few of them on this card, but a lot of the guys they've booked here are just like nothing wrestlers. There's a lot of jags here. There's a lot of jags. Like Joe Lanza um, likes to likes to call... Um, defiant the the mlw uh of the uk a lot they're the the place where good wrestlers go <clears throat> good wrestlers go to have mediocre matches 
uh, where they kind of put the, the no effort in. IPW is kind of, it's that, but it's a step slightly below because you've got a, a slightly worse caliber of wrestler usually, um, but still good wrestlers. And they go and kind of no one talks about them and they put in okay matches. There is such a weird promotion. Now, it, people who've maybe tangentially followed Brit Rest for a long time might remember IPW because they used to be what Rev Pro is now. That the, the promotion kind of splintered, Rev Pro took off, they went and got the New Japan relationship and they went down that road. But IPW UK used to be the super indie for the UK after um, FWA uh, stopped operating. They've since then had uh, an ownership change and they kind of don't fit any one area. They, they kind of exist but don't thrive and no one seems to be like a huge fan of them. They don't have any sort of niche. They're bizarre. They have a Noah relationship that they use now and again, but they're not really like the hardcore wrestling promotion that you'd expect for a promotion that's linked with Noah. It's it's a bizarre one. And this card is like, it's one of their, for all their usual cards, there's usually something quite good on them. They're, they'll often <laughs> have quite a good main event. They'll have like David Starr versus Mark Haskins in the main event or something. And then the rest of the card maybe looks similar to what we've got here. This is like that, but we're missing the one good match that actually... Right. <laughs> we're missing good... Yeah, it, this is unique. So let me run down this card here. This is... I, I cannot believe that... This would be fine if, like, Russell Pro was doing it. You know, Russell Pro runs in their backyard or whatever. This is, you know, in New Jersey or whatever. It's fine. Like, they're just running one of their normal shows on WrestleMania weekend. Like you said, it feels like IPW UK just feels like they're rolling out, you know, a ring in, their, in, you know, in a parking lot and hoping that people show... It's like, you went all the way to New York? And this is what you bring. It's it's just unbelievable here. We have no for a lot of flights for this show. It's right. crazy. What are you doing? Like they and so just uh, you know to kind of give an idea of where they're because it's always good to kind of compare what they're up against. It's not the toughest competition, but it's not really like light competition either. They're on uh, Friday morning. Uh, you got USA versus the world as well on Friday morning. Uh, you have Shimmer, you have Chikara, and then you have IPW UK. So Chikara always gets a good crowd because they, they deliver good stuff and they have a pretty good show. Shimmer, of course, has their very specific crowds that go to their shows. Uh, and then US versus the world looks like a pretty solid card altogether. So I don't even know what niche, again, like, again, like the niche that they fit is like, you know, guys who like UK shindies. Like, I, I don't, it's very sure. Let, let's run down this card, then I'll, I'll mercifully ask you to try to give us something some sort of excitement about this but uh you got a no rules barroom brawl between james Stormer and jimmy havoc that will be your main event uh kip sabian versus vaughn vertigo rob sharp versus joe gacy rob lynch versus juni gambino uh, juicy gambino uh, ipw uk women's championship and hog women's championship so the house of glory women's championship up in the line here too uh bobby tyler versus sonia strong uh and then the opener is connor mills versus danny duggan versus ojmo versus uh, sierra donley i don't know how to pronounce that exactly Karen. Uh, Karen, okay, versus question mark, question mark, question mark, versus question mark, question mark, question mark. So uh, I'm guessing some, the big names are going to come in those question marks in the I'm opener with sure. all the juniors, <laughs> <sure>. right? <laughs> all those Noah talents that we're sure they're going to book because they have a relationship <laughs> with Noah, like Marafuji, uh, he'll probably be showing up there, Ketsukitimiya. Um, yeah, Robin, what the hell? Uh, what, are we, what, what can we look forward to on this show? Right, so... One of the, the more amusing things about this card is that Jimmy Havoc had his farewell match from IPW UK a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, because obviously he's, oh, he's AEW now, right? Uh, correct, yeah. Because it he, was MLW and then it wasn't. Yes, so, uh, and then he was like, then he's kind of popped up everywhere, but I think he's just kind of doing his, his, his good stuff on the way out and then working his way back to the... Uh... 
uh, to AEW. So yes, he was announced as AEW and then kind of went away for a little bit, but now he's, yeah, I think he's, he's probably going there for sure. But uh, that's yeah, unbelievable. So- I did not even know that that makes this even more ridiculous. <laughs> even the, the one match that I was like, all right, well, it should be havoc, whatever. I didn't even realize that too. Unbelievable. Because obviously in their mind, this is like that's like the big match for this card. Like as much as we kind of roll our eyes, they're like, ah, oh, James Storm, he was on TV for a decade. Um, he's you know, he's not necessarily like that old, although he's quite probably quite old by now, going up against, you know, this this big UK indie star who kind of has lost a lot of his his gloss over the past few years, like progress uk havoc champion this is this is not him anymore that's he, he had a, a massive injury since then he was never like a super worker to begin with but he's kind of lost a lot of his aura and a lot of his movement so you're not left with <laughs> but too much, that, he's, <laughs> he's still a good promo he's still a good promo yeah. but yeah you're gonna get a lot of walk and brawl in that one so for the the two fans of that good <laughs> good luck with that um then the rest of this card, this like I like uh, Juicy Gambino, although yeah. that's the Miss, Mr. Juicy Gino Gambino. Uh, they've just taken two two random um, <laughs> words from his name, and Rob Lynch used to be good. Um, he's not really anymore. Um, there was kind of a, a scandal surrounding his tag team partner, and he kind of lost his interest in wrestling but he's on this card um so yeah i can't really say that's that's a match to look forward to joe gacy's a top four wrestling in the wrestler in the world depending on who you ask um not not me though um <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that are like fine on this card yes yeah like um, you said it's just missing that like oh yeah and then the main event is you know this guy and this guy and you're like oh all right that's awesome but yeah. I, I don't know who Sonya Strong is, but Bobby Tyler's quite good without being spectacular. I, I assume Sonya Strong's a, a US woman. Um, if she's the hog champion, which is a hell of a name. <laughs> probably probably the one highlight of this card, if you're gonna pick it out, is probably gonna be like the the clusterfuck what six way that they've announced yeah, four people. Yeah, we for. have four, yeah, we have four people um, announced two question marks. I'm really Robin, I'm I'm hoping those question marks are big. I, I am going into this WrestleMania week and thinking those question marks, baby, they're gonna really turn this show around. But uh yeah, probably not. I kind <laughs> of expect them to kind of be who's hanging around, who hasn't managed to get booked elsewhere. Put the ring together, who helped put the ring together. Yeah. together yeah. Because the you know the, the four people are announced, they're four very young guys who you know they they all have quite uh, promise and they're all going to go out there and it's going to be a fun spot fest probably and that's maybe the best you're going to get uh uh ojmo uh, ojmo i never remember how to actually say it despite watching multiple matches with him um he's he's a very good guy he's a guy to to keep an eye on he's he's got incredible timing both comedic but also like just wrestling in general and i think that's that's something you can always look out for in a, a a comedy guy that's coming up when they the way they actually move around the ring is is good then you can kind of build the comedy around that when they're they're not just a comedy guy who can't wrestle he's he's kind of got both sides so he's maybe the the one guy to look out for if you're unfortunate enough to end up at this show. He's he's the guy to, to pick out and focus on. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what Who's going to this show? I, I gotta find. There's somebody in this world. There's somebody listening to this that is going to this show. I want to talk to you really quickly. I just want to find out. I want to find out who hurt you and when, what's wrong. So, <laughs> I think it 
the one niche this is drawing from is people who live near the New York City arena <laughs> and don't want to travel to other shows. <laughs> like that's that's kind of it, right? Kind of, yeah. Because I I guess like the thing that that that's you know because we said like Stardom's running this arena as well, so I, maybe they're hoping that like people decide that they're gonna get to Stardom early and that's yeah, their and niche. Around, is like, maybe? hey, you know what we should do? Go to Stardom four hours early. Hey, IPW UK, great, like. Which, I guess you know, that's, that's an idea, but who, <laughs> like, am I wrong in thinking the Stardom super fan isn't the same person who's the fan of the no rooms bar room brawl you, between correct. James Storm and Jimmy Havoc? Like, I think that's a safe assumption that sense. yeah, that the the crossover is a little low there. Yeah, it is. It is a unique show for sure. That the, the real tragedy is Gambino, who I really do enjoy. Like this is like one of his only bookings that he has. No, like, how is this guy not booked in like ten other places? I'd feel horrible if he shows up and this is all he gets booked for is this fucking miserable yeah. show. <laughs> we don't know who the question mark people are going to be, but there's a decent chance it ends up being like some really talented Australian dudes who haven't been booked anywhere else because they, you know, they they're like, well, we may as well, we may as well. And that that ends up being a really good match because you, you you've got a couple of young UK guys there mm-hmm. in with some great Australian guys who US promoters have refused to book for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a sad card and it doesn't make any sense and it's kind of the perfect encapsulate. Like for anyone who argues that Mania Weekend isn't oversaturated, show them this card and like if they still say it's not saturated oversaturated, they're lying to you. They're lying at that point. They're lying to themselves. Yeah, because this is, is is certainly and the, the funny thing too is uh uh David Starr is their champion, right? And he's booked like literally sixteen thousand other I mean he's he's booked nineteen times this weekend, but somehow <laughs> they couldn't get him on this show because he's doing US versus the world, which I just find uh, another great encapsulation for IPW UK too is that the, the world champion is, is booked on another show. So that's and they can't run this show. And he's clearly chosen that other show over this show too, which is just just the I the mean why wouldn't you? Why yeah, wouldn't I would you? do I don't <laughs> whatsoever. We're just the perfect cherry on top for this IPW UK uh disaster here. Uh before we sign off, Robin, before we say goodbye to you, uh do you want to just quickly go over the Ref Pro UK show? I did a segment with Neil David where we talked about this Rev Pro show. Uh, he had some really good thoughts about the booking of Rev Pro and a lot of stuff because at that point, we didn't really have a card. We were like, oh, this is really weird. Why did you guys come to UK- to the United States uh, if you were going to put a card together? Uh, they put together a card. It uh, is a New Japan Road 2 show. They they stole one of Gato's notebooks and booked one of their uh, upcoming Road 2 shows. But damn, this is a pretty good show. So I want to at least touch on this real quick uh, with you. Rev Pro UK uh, live, uh, uh, live in NYC at uh, 3 p.m. New York City, Hilton Midtown. Uh, it's going to be on the WrestleCon bundle package. It'll also be on Fight TV and then available on RPW On Demand uh, eventually as well. Uh, this show, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Rapungi 3K versus Aussie Open. David Starr versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, Rocky Romero versus Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, CCK, Jonathan Gresham, and Chris Brooks versus Alice Coughlin and Carl Fredericks. Uh, Katsuri Shibata will be the special guest on that as well. Uh, but yeah, that's a hell of a show there for Ref Pro UK. So I just wanted to give them a little bit of the credit because when we recorded that, they had nothing. And then Pac got, we basically recorded it the, the day that Pac got eliminated too. So it was like, all right, so one of your two matches, you don't have like the top guy. And then like, you know, the other, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot, but now they've gotten it together. So what are your thoughts on, on the Ref Pro show and what they, uh, they brought to this weekend? Yeah. So the, the rumblings about this show was that it got hit not only by pack dropping out and they have to rework a lot of the card around that, but also maybe there were other things that fell through. Um, so that's potentially a part of why uh, there was a big delay on that card. 
And also, um, it might be that, you know, this ended up being such a New Japan heavy card. Well, you know, New Japan kind of have a habit at this point, especially when running uh, the US of, you know, they're not going to rush a card out. They're going to wait till they've done their, their their most recent big show, and then they'll roll the card out. And that's been a problem in you know many many ways for them at, at this point. But um, that that kind of Rev Pro might have kind of got caught up in that when they had to rely on so much of their card being um, New Japan heavy. Um, but overall, unlike previous years where they've kind of had the, their um, WrestleMania show because they they've run a run for a Mania weekend for a few years now. Previously, it always felt like a, a big priority for them. This year, it feels like we're going and we're going to deliver a good card, but we're not going to make anything intricate to our storyline. So this time, oh, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that, but um, they had their their title change. They had um, uh, Tom Hiro Ishii beat. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. for their title. It was a big deal. This year, it feels like they've put together a a very good card, but it's kind of very much standalone. Um, They've kind of pulled some of the emphasis off off of it, and that's kind of shown a little. But that does potentially mean, weirdly, that it might end up being a better show, because I'm I'm sure you you talked about when you were going over Red Pro previously, a lot of the booking's been plagued by a lot of interference finishes, a lot of bullshit finishes. By not having that emphasis on the card, perhaps we're going to get a lot more clean finishes. And just looking at the matches, that could mean we get a lot of really good matches. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you barely have to hype up Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay going up against <laughs> right, Suzuki right, yeah. and Sabre Jr. Like, there's nothing I need to do to sell you on that match. If you, if you listen to the flagship, you almost undoubtedly watch New Japan. It's it, it's two guys. Well, it's three guys that are very regular in Red Pro, um, Suzuki and Sabre Jr., their tag team championships, uh, sorry, their tag team champions, but they're New Japan guys and they're probably going to have a New Japan match and it's probably going to rule. Um, you can say a similar thing for Aussie Open versus Rapongi 3K. Aussie Open are almost certainly going to win that one, I think, although Sho and Yo are now tag team champions again, so maybe not. Um, but Aussie Open are, are a team that New Japan have reportedly been high on and considered bringing in for world tag team leagues they're kind of the team lined up to eventually beat suzuki and saber jr for the tag team championships um i imagine that's going to be a very good match um and i think they'll be out to impress new japan people who are going to be in in attendance and across the ring from them because they want to get that new japan spot and reportedly they're pretty close David Starr and Tomohiro Ishii, they had a tremendous match towards the end of last year in, in Rev Pro for the title. Um, and this rematch, I, I imagine, is going to be great again. The Starr really stepped up because he's the the cruiserweight champion in, in, in Rev Pro, but he stepped up to the heavyweight division and went blow for blow for Ishii and completely wrestled it like a heavyweight. It was a, a lariat fest. It was absolutely everything you want from Tomohiro Ishii matches. Uh, and it felt completely like it was taken out of one of those, uh, what, well, a fair few years ago now, but when Ishii was never champion and repeatedly having those brawls with Shibata, Goto, um, Makabe, uh, Makabe, he was just having those, that sort of match with David Starr. And if they have that sort of match again, it's going to be great. Um, I'm intrigued by uh, what the, the LA Dojo guys can do, um, because I think, 
Gresham and Brooks are an excellent tag team, um, bar their one match with Aussie Open that was a bizarrely bad match considering how good the two teams are. But every other match I've seen that team have, they've delivered pretty big. Um, and like most people, I see a lot of promise in the the LA Dojo uh, yeah. guys that Shibata's yeah, chaining. So that that could be a, a very fun match. It doesn't feel like a, an incredibly consequential um, card, so it's not like it's not necessarily a map uh, a card book for like the Rev Pro su- super fan who's really invested in all their storylines. It's just them. It it's almost a card for like if you love New Japan a lot and the the G1 super card isn't enough for you, well you can go to this Rev Pro card too and get some great taste for the for the uh, for the card of what's to come and some more New Japan um if if the super card isn't enough because you, you're also going to be getting kind of a, a preview of the the singles match between saber and, and tanahashi in that tag match as well right yeah and that, and that's pretty much why because you know I, I ended up buying tickets to the show when i had no desire whatsoever to really go to the show well initially when, when wrestlemania weekend first came out i was like oh rev pro yeah for sure i gotta go uh and then when they really didn't announce all that much i was like ah screw it i don't really need to go now and then i was like oh no screw it now i'm going like i have to be there for this and and the reason why like you said it feels like a g1 supercard like warm-up show like it's like your favorite band before they play some big show play at a bar you know the night prior or something like that and and that's kind of what this is it's like a small room warm up for the new japan show with like yeah oh yeah also like you know cck is there and and, and david star is there too but like you know it, it, it it's weird in that sense but yeah david star and tomaro ishii is one of my most anticipated matches of the entire weekend uh yeah i know stars of course wrestling a bunch of times which we mentioned before so there's a chance that he's like worn out at this point but i think against ishii he understands how big of an opportunity that is and and will make the most of it and like you said those two dudes have great chemistry together so yeah i'm really looking forward to the show and and i at least wanted to just kind of touch on it a little bit because uh we recorded a few days prior i think actually a week prior at this point uh things were looking much different for the show and now they've kind of turned around a bit but like you said i at the end of this at the end of the show i don't think i'm gonna i don't know that i'm gonna have like a better idea about rev pro i don't think i'm gonna enjoy rev pro than i did go before you you know because it's like completely as you said inconsequential and i wonder how many people are going to this show and at the end of the day won't even remember that rev pro put it on because it doesn't feel it feels like new japan borrowed some rev pro talent for the show versus like it's really kind of the opposite so it, it, it's bizarre the way that the show ended up kind of going down and uh yeah but that's kind of what rev pro are right. these days they are they are new japan uk's branch basically they, sure. you know their champions are um saber and suzuki um and recently ishi so it's you know they there are there are guys who and you know, so, some of it is kind of unfortunate because they were uh, people who brought up Osprey, brought up Saber, and then they made it over to New Japan, and they've continued to use their guys, and now they don't feel like Rev Pro guys anymore. They feel like New Japan guys. But really, what you're getting here is kind of a a couple of British guys mixed into a New Japan show, and honestly, that's not that dissimilar from a lot of Rev Pro shows. So in a weird way, you kind of are getting a taste of what <laughs> it's Rev Pro weirdly is. authentic. It's just yeah. they don't have much of an identity, really, even yeah. though a lot of the time their shows rule because they're using some incredible talent because New Japan guys, don't know if you've heard, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd book this too. I mean, they bought, they got, <laughs> they sold some tickets, and I think they've been uh, doing well ever since they made these announcements as well. So maybe uh, the simple thing was don't overthink it and just book New Japan, <laughs> book good wrestlers uh, instead of overthinking it there. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on Rep Pro UK a little bit because yeah, we we may have been a little harsh to them before, but uh, they kind of deserved it at the time. But now I guess they they deserve uh, a little bit of credit here. But uh, Robin, before we let you go here, I uh, just want to get your plugs out of the way, let people know about the Brit Rest Roundtable and uh, where they can follow uh, all the work that you guys do. 
Yeah, so we, we do a, the bi-weekly on the Voice of Wrestling podcast network, uh, Brit Rest Roundtable. Um, we'll actually have a, if, if you haven't heard enough about WrestleMania weekend, we're recording tomorrow talking about both uh, Scrappermania that recently happened, uh, as well as um, the, we'll be going through in, you know, even more detail, the, the British shows and European shows happening over in, um, uh, at Mania. Um, so that will also be releasing soon. Um, you can follow us at Brit Rest Round, or you can follow me personally at the R Double. All right. Thank you so much, Robin, for doing this. And thank you guys, of course, for the work that you do at uh, the Brit Restaurant Table and all the UK stuff that we do on the site or all the Europe, I should say. Now, it's it's stretched beyond that, too. We got uh, we just brought Paco yeah. in as well to do some stuff with uh, White Wolf. So, yeah, we got plenty of coverage there in, uh, uh, you know, Ireland, the United Kingdom, you know, now Spain and, and Ireland, everywhere in between. So, yeah, plenty of good stuff there, too. Germany, of course, I should mention. <laughs> just talking yeah. about WXW and how great they are. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Robin, uh, for all the work you do. And uh, thank you for helping us preview some of these uh, European shows. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Rich.